Hi, it's Bob from Royal Spa. Soaking in a hot tub full of Epsom salts is the absolute best way to minimize everyday aches and pains. And we know all about Epsom salts at Royal Spa. Royal Spa hot tubs are the only hot tubs on the market that can safely and effectively use Epsom salts. Made right here in Indiana, Royal Spa hot tubs are the highest quality hot tubs on the market. Visit any one of our three Indianapolis locations or visit royalspa.com. Ah, Royal Spa. Things came very easy early in the game, and then they didn't. And so first quarter was a great start. Uh, We're doing a lot of things very well. Uh, We were taking advantage of a lot of fouls on them. You know, second quarter, we didn't play as well. And, you know, really... Each each quarter, each ensuing quarter, we played a little a little worse. So, and you look at the turnover numbers and points off turnovers, and that's tells the whole story. They had 11 turnovers for eight points. <laughs> we had 22 for 35 points. So, got to take care of the ball. Coming into this game, you know, I, I talked to the guys about really keying on two areas: rebounding and ball security. And the rebounding, we did did a admirable job we out rebounded them and we're pretty good there but the ball security was was very poor and uh, we got to work on it headed into Toronto which is a team that turns you over and I choose to, to focus on all the great things right instead of those uh, those four hiccups that we have and like I said it, it hurts right now but it should I mean we work hard and winning is hard uh, and those kids are upset they're emotional right now um, you know their plans were you know to win a national championship and we haven't have, have no problems you know talking about that goal um, and so that will you know we'll, we'll, we'll regroup and then the goals will remain the same to win another Big Ten championship to you know get to to a, a Final Four. This is the Fan Midday Show, 93.5107.5 The Fan, along with Dane Fife. I am Jimmy Cook with Eddie Garrison in tote behind the ones and twos. You heard from two coaches dealing with different levels of frustration, sadness, and heartache. One with games still to be played and, and a goal still in mind. The other one, unfortunately, coming short of expectations of where they wanted to be in Coach Rick Carlisle and Coach Terry Moore of the Pacers and Hoosiers, respectively. Very respectively. Did you see the Hoosier? I did. Women last night? I did. Heartbreaker. Very much so. They just, as one coach might quote himself, just couldn't get over the hump, Jimmy. I I was really impressed with their fight, their grit, but that was a Miami team that just made big shots. But that's the NCAA tournament. As much as defense matters, as much as offense matters, as much as what Coach Izzo would call special teams, the out-of-bounds plays, breaking press breakers, zone offense, you got to have somebody making huge shots. I think maybe Coach Carlisle could use one of those, could have used one of those guys last night. 40 points in the first quarter. Biggest lead, 21 points for the Pacers last night. In the NCAA, Jimmy, you get a 21-point lead. They, there's usually a team ain't coming back. Pretty much curtains, yeah. Yeah, yep. Now we see it every once in a while, but um, I thought I just I thought it was pretty simple what Coach Carlisle said. Every quarter, we got worse. I mean, yeah, that, that's the easy observation off the bat when you put up a forty point first, and then you don't crack anywhere close to thirty at all in the second half. Lose by six to the Hornets again. This is one of those games where for the Pacers, 
unlike a couple weeks ago when they would get a win over the Spurs or went over the Bulls or went over the Magic if you were in the camp of, oh, add those ping pong balls, which I've been kind of public that I am. I've seen enough from this team, but the coaching staff, the players, they're still playing to win, playing to be a part of the postseason. I get all that, as they should. But then you can look at a matchup like this, which is like, okay, the Hornets are pretty much in your same boat, but they're 10 games worse. They're kind of, not necessarily mailing it at this point, but they don't have a lot to play for. There's no play-in hopes in their sights. They're just trying to get through the season, get there healthy, and then look at what the offseason looks like. And to have that start and then close out as poorly as the Pacers did over the final three quarters, I hate to say that it's a microcosm of the season, but it, it pretty much is. Hey. That's pretty much what you've come to. And again, that's not a bat. They're a young team. They're going to make mistakes. We know this going in. But yeah, if you're in that camp of, oh, I wanted to make the play in, I want to see what they can do in the air quotes postseason that doesn't count towards the playoff stats, you're probably a little frustrated today. I'm not in that camp, so I'm just annoyed, but is what it is. Well, I like the fact that they're they're trying to build Matthews' yeah. minutes. He starts last night. Returns from injury. Well. Nice. Yep. Yep. And um, I look at the roster – and I'm not a pro coach, don't claim to be. I'm not even a coach right now. I just realized that. Um, you could be our coach. Thank you, Jimmy. Yeah, no problem. Three man, maybe some beach volleyball. There you go. Gosh, Eddie would be great. We could, you could be our pickleball coach. We could do Ed, doubles. Eddie would look. Eddie would just look <laughs> outstanding in a speedo. Is that is that okay? Is I don't know, but neither me nor Eddie need to be uh, anywhere near. Okay. Maybe at least I at least I don't. I don't want to speak for Eddie, but yeah, I, I don't either. Maybe trim the back hair. I don't have back here. Eddie. I don't. Okay, fine. Jimmy? No. Me either. Not yet. Um, I, I look at the Pacers roster, okay? And I see some players that I think to myself, Trace Jackson Davis would fit in great with what this roster does not have. I think the Pacers could use a dynamic rebounder a freak athlete that's strong as hell. And again, we haven't seen Trace Jackson shoot. It doesn't mean that he can't. I like Trace Jackson Davis for the Pacers. Jimmy, you can take all your ping pong balls and shove them. The Pacers need Trace Jackson Davis. He's a hometown kid. He'll play his butt off, and he's very coachable. But, but, but where, though? Like, not where on the floor, where in the draft? Because they have three first-round picks to operate with. There's a a big difference to me in saying, let's say the Pacers get the fifth pick, they need to go get Trace Jackson Davis, versus, hey, they have a couple picks that are going to be towards the back end of the first round. That's about where he's mocked to. If he's not and you really like him in workouts, trade up in the 20s and go get him. Like, what are you saying there? I, I think what they need... They need to get a very good veteran. Sure. They're a young team. I'm not not opposed to grabbing a vet. A veteran that plays can play major minutes that isn't on the back half of his career. Um three, four. You know, guy that can guy that can stroke it, but he can guard multiple positions. Because in the NBA, ultimately it's not where you can play on offense, it's who you can guard. It's assumed that you're on the team for your offense. It's who you can guard. And what I, what I think is they just need to continue to fill the voids with great role players. Like, can you count on Isaiah Jackson and Jalen Smith to do the job that, that they need to get done night in and night out? 
whether it's rebounding, defense, run the floor. I don't know that they're looked at to shoot threes. But can you count on them? One, one guy I know you can count on now is Trace Jackson Davis, and he's got NBA strength and athleticism. Now, I'm, I'm done with that tangent, but what I think the Pacers are doing, um, and, I go, and I say this all the time, they have an NBA championship makeup of, guy, of winners, guys that want to win. What do they need? They need a veteran that can come in and shoulder ah, 15 points, 10 rebounds a game. I mean, I don't disagree with that. That has to be on the off-season objective list. You are going to, and I'm not saying this like that you don't know this, but the audience knows this as well. You're going to have to do something, not do something. You are going to have another top-tier, in theory, rookie coming in next year, just based on where you are in based the draft. Based on your draft slot. Now, there's no guarantee that they hit it out of the park again like they did with this rookie class, yep. but I've said it a couple times. I've had a little bit of faith restored with Kevin Pritchard after how well and efficient last year's draft class was because it was a fair criticism in the years prior to that to say they they miss every now and again. There's been a a fair amount of head scratchers over the last three, four, five years prior to last year's draft. It's going to be key on the offseason checklist to nail your point exactly, which is bring in a veteran presence that isn't just there from a vocal standpoint like George Hill is providing. Right. It it needs to be a contributor. veteran maturity. They, They need a veteran baller. Yeah. Okay, they need a veteran baller. And what does that look like? You know, we've, we've talked to experts on the show, at least a couple times I've been here. The, the, the class, the, the, the free agent class right now is pretty thin in terms of what I think the Pacers are looking for at the small forward slash power forward slot. But in the meantime... What I see, I like. I like Matherin getting back in the starting lineup. I like the. I like what the Pacers are trying to do, and that's trying to get their group playing together again and playing good basketball. Now they're on the road. That's tough. As Coach Carlisle said, they got to go into Toronto. Who turns you over? Well, I think that's part. Turnovers are part of a. Turnovers mean you've got a group that's not playing well together. Hopefully, Matherin back in the starting lineup gets them going. Get you give it time. Gets them going. The Pacers get on a roll here. I think I've asked you this question before, but just to make sure and to get your answer for all the folks listening, when you talk about or the narrative that's talked about how, oh man, when you get a young team and you get them postseason experience, that's the best thing you can have for a young group. When you look at this group, and let's just say for the sake of argument, they get the 10 seed, they, they turn it around and they're running out of time to do it. I think they're now three back in the loss column. With the Bulls, let's say they overtake them and they play the Heat and they get bounced. You hate you really that. get, but Jimmy no like Heat. Are you really going to change your evaluation of? Oh man, I'm yeah. glad this team yeah, is we ready got some for great postseason experience because they lost by 20 to Miami in the play. Yeah, I, I like your point, Jimmy. I, that, that's a great point. I still would, you know, I, 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 I want them. I think they need to end the season on a positive note. I agree at with that. Best. And that means you've got your playing group for next year, by and large, playing together, finishing the season healthy, okay? You've got uh, Miles Turner's head in the right place. We don't talk about the Miles Turner trade rumors and all that crap. He's not talking like he wants out or, or is disgruntled. You want to end the season on a positive note. Everybody's healthy and finish on a win. 
finished with the playing group, the main playing group playing well together. To me, that's as good of a scenario as the one you're talking about, which is play Miami in a play-in and get your butt beat and move along. Switching gears for a second away from the Pacers because we're going to talk to Don Fisher here at the bottom of the talk hour. Talking to Don Fisher. Always nice for Fish to take some time with us. Obviously, they were traveling back yesterday, so we weren't able to make it work immediately the day after the loss to Miami, but I want to get his perspective all the same. Um, Zach Osterman of Indy Star obviously was around media availability uh, in general following Indiana's loss to Miami, and this wasn't a quote that we had yesterday that we brought up yesterday. I want to get your thoughts on it as the coach in the room, but Jim Laranaga said, told the media that they made a tweak. Whether or not it happened exactly when he said it did. He said game day. They made a tweak and decided game day we're going to make a change. They exactly. twerked on game they day? Did. They did. They, 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 made, they made a game day twerk or tweak, depending on which way you want to go I've with that. I've seen Eddie twerk. <laughs> uh, after after a nice spike on the beach volleyball course, right? <laughs> yeah, I am the um, coach of the uh, the twerking volleyball, beach volleyball team. While I whiff through that. Ooh, yes. <laughs> Listen to the show, Jimmy. A whiff. That's, that's, it's a good listener He right whiffed there. through. So this is, the, this is the quote, is that Miami... They like to hard hedge and trap ball screens, yep. but knowing how good Jackson Davis is in short roll, they audibled, and instead of bringing help from a second post, they decided to bring help from the wing, threw an extra body in there for Jackson Davis, and they left Jordan Miller at home near the rim. Basically, the thought was, he is such a good passer, we're going to have three guys near him at any given time, and it's going to make it much harder for him to make a decision. Yep. Is that what you saw as that game unfolded? Like, Is that an accurate uh, description of how Miami attacked Trace Jackson yeah. Davis. And in your mind, something we didn't talk about a ton yesterday, because Trace still at 23, by no means is that loss being pinned on him. But was it a clear-cut coaching decision made by Jim Laranaga and company that really helped set the tone in that game against Miami in your mind? And no, how much did that I, 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 did, I did see what Miami was doing. Essentially, when they trapped Jalen Hutchfino on a ball screen, Trace, instead of turning his head and running to the rim, he turns his body and basically shows Jalen Hutchfino his chest. He said, here, throw me the ball about five or six steps away, and that allows Trace to turn. And, and what you have is now you have a four – Indiana offenders against three Miami defenders mm-hmm. and instead of helping from the guy at the rim who would usually be Race Thompson or um, um, Malik Renu, they helped from the wings and most players most young players are good at passing down which means passing to the guy open underneath the rim they're not as good kicking it out and this is from guard to big guys I think Trace is pretty good at both but Usually, you're you're depending on whether you're right eye or left eye dominant, you know. And in this case, if Trace can see the guy to his left, it's an easier pass. The guy to his right, he doesn't see so much. Miller Cop's usually on his left mm-hmm. when he catches the ball, and Miller Cop got his traditional three shots a game. That's not ideal for a three point shooter. Uh, I think he got a little more than that, but I guess um, what I saw is it happened a couple times. The Miami tweak. Uh, I don't think it impacted the game as much as uh, maybe the trap impacted the sure. game. I think the trap was more of the issue uh, because Indiana's not used to being trapped on a ball screen. There's very few teams in the Big Ten that do trap and trap, and if they do trap, they don't trap well, as indicated by Indiana's uh, uh, the way Jalen Hutchfino can dissect a ball screen. 
looking now at what results from the end of this season, and you have, by a large margin, have more experience with this than anybody in this room because we aren't a part of it. Everybody's talking about a portal year next year, or at least an emphasis on nailing the transfer portal. You emphasized yesterday there's risk and rewards to that. Sometimes maybe you find a diamond in the rough that fits the system or the offense or defense that you were running as a program. Sometimes maybe you find a hothead or somebody that is is disgruntled that maybe has a personality trait here or two that if you bring that in, maybe you miss it, and then all of a sudden it's a cancer to your locker room. You're weighing those pros and cons, obviously, but how quickly as an assistant coach, as a coaching staff, is that on your offensive or offseason checklist? The tournament's still going on. When does that process begin of hitting the ground running within the transfer portal if that is something that you're doing as a program they uh, if they're not they you know most programs if they're not they should have been observing the portal yesterday they should have been observing the portal um, all year okay. and the portal officially opened on March 13th so it's well underway and kids are able to start visiting here shortly and I think the best you, you, as a program you have to determine your need and then what do you value in that need, in a player? And at Indiana, the hard part about Indiana, and it's a good thing, and it's a double-edged sword, at Indiana, um, you can't just bring in a good player that's a, that's a jerk, that acts like a fool. You can't do it. The, the Indiana fan base isn't going to allow it. And, you know, the, the, so, so that's probably the tough part. The good news is is you're going to have a product on the floor generally that you're you're proud of that you know act the, the the players act right they they're helpful to their their good teammates they're great off the floor i know that may not hit you perfectly while well, winning winning you know if you win it doesn't matter i think that's that might be is that your thought process or what the only winnings no winning win no, or die no i don't care how you act no no i i you can't get away with that at indiana so that's also a factor it's like being a um an Ivy League school. All right, he's a great player. Unfortunately, he's got a six on his on his ACT. You know, he's a great at Indiana. He's a great player, but he's an idiot. Sure, he acts like an idiot. We can't take him. Uh, many other places probably maybe can at Indiana, and so that's as big a factor as getting uh, a good player in. You got to get the right per- the right dude. You got to get the right person in too. What are the different challenges or benefits versus a fresh recruit that you're looking at in the high school ranks versus recruiting or on the trail of the transfer portal? Yeah. Because you already have a little bit of college body work to operate with versus on the high school ranks, you're projecting out what you think this guy's going to be like at the next level. What, what are the pros and cons of that from your experience in your mind? Um, Is one easier than the other? I'd say probably physical, the, the maturity aspect, both physical physical and mental, emotional maturity. You're getting a player that's um, been through a year or two or three or four or five years of a weight program. And in college, it's, it's incredible. There is a huge precedent. There's a huge um, there's just the important one of the most important things you can do to improve your game at this level is to get in the weight room strength and conditioning it's major uh schools spend millions and i mean millions on the strength conditioning and the diet aspect of a player right now and so that's a big part uh as opposed to a freshman and the other part is just the understanding um the attention to detail there's a lot more attention to detail, scouting reports. The best teams, 
usually follow and adhere to the scouting report in the best fashion. You know, Michigan State, we won a lot of games uh, where we were able to steal two or three points. Think about that. Two or three points based on uh, effectively following a scouting report. You know, Jimmy loves to go right, Eddie, and throw up the hook shot. What are we going to do? We're not letting him go right. You know, you watch the. I was in, embedded with the Michigan State Spartans this weekend. They invited me. I loved it. Um, the goal was not to let Kolek of Marquette get downhill left. Michigan a couple times, but he probably gets downhill fifteen times a game. Michigan State let him downhill two or three times. Major impact on the game that you didn't see. Bringing Purdue into the fold because it's going to be two big off seasons yeah. in both ends of the state, both in West Lafayette and in Bloomington. In my mind, regardless of what happens with Zach Eady, Purdue is the more fascinating baseline of a foundation because of all the, even at their lowest points, all the strides that were made by the likes of Fletcher Lawyer, by the likes of uh, Braden Smith. Just in general, that young core. I'm more fascinated to see what they are able to put together and respond with next year. But on the other side of that coin, if it is a portal year for Indiana, what are their like? What are expectations nationally versus what we can see from fans, from what we're getting from the coaching staff? Which side of the state interests you more going into this offseason? The the, the portal world or the kind of year of, oh, they lost to a 16-seed mojo of, well, how do they respond next year? Well, I think the portal for most programs ends up being the portal John, if you will. Hold on. I think there's this delusion that you can create a team out of nothing. You can just put a bunch of guys that most of them were on losing teams. You know, and keep in mind, you know, it's it's well documented that most transfers are transferring it's a two-way street. They're leaving one because they want to leave, but they're leaving two because the program they were in wanted them to leave. Sure. That's not a good sign. Would you say it's more effective going the the one-player route or one- or two-player route? For example, you look at Nigel Pack going from Kansas State to Miami. I mean, yeah. th- we're, we're talking no, both parties I, in the end. They're both I, tournament teams. They're both alive in the Sweet 16. Yeah. And I think Illinois lived in that world this year. Yeah. And they they got fairly lucky. They made the NCAA tournament. But the problem is the expectations of one or two guys, those are hard because it's a recruiting process. You're recruiting those guys to, hey, look, you're going to average what you averaged at Jimmy Tech. You know, you're going to average 15 here at Illinois or wherever. It's got to translate. And when I say never, it almost never happens. Yeah. What you averaged at your previous school almost never happens where you average those same numbers. I don't care where you're going. And so you're going to have that aspect. Now you, 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 you add seven players, you revamp your roster, you've got seven expectations. Right. And some of these circles of some of these kids are massive. Okay, I had a circle of two. I know guys that have circles of 10 where they're all having different opinions. I bet Jimmy, Eddie, I bet Jimmy's circle is huge. You recruit Jimmy for beach volleyball. He's got to have a certain color Speedo. He's got to have a certain color towel. His hair product is probably off the charts. I mean, I just want us to be a team. I'd rather have synergy. No, want a matching team towel. And it's like, you know, Kentucky and Duke, we used to observe 
Kentucky and Duke when they decided to go the one and done during the one and done era, the one and done aspect where right. you have a one and done group of kids, five or six. You got to revamp it the whole every year. Same as the portal. If you go that route, it makes it really stressful and difficult because you have to do it every year if you're going five or six transfers or one and doneers. Is it fair to say there's less of a stigma, though, around portal kids as it's become more popular, or is it still an area where it's a mixed bag, you don't know where you're getting? I feel like for the longest time prior to, I mean, not prior to NIL, but as eligibility has opened up a little bit more with the transfer portal, I know a lot of people will say, oh, well, they're running, they're scared of adversity. I get that, but you also do find situations where it is a guy that yeah. maybe no, for isn't sure. happy with the minutes yeah. he's getting. And, and then and, you got and, the grad transfer sure, aspect. Right. I think the grad transfer aspect is is fair. You know, the grad transfer aspect is, especially the Ivy League kids, because they don't, they're not allowed to go to, they're only allowed four years. Right. And so they do the grad transfer. Uh, that's all fine, and, that, and that's okay. I think the issue is the visions of grandeur. Um, we're seeing the success stories. We don't see the failures as much. The failures are the guys getting fired, and there'll probably be 70 jobs open. Now, granted, there's 350, but there'll be 70 jobs open. Um, you're not hearing the the failures or the antithesis to the success story, but we got guys transferred that end up without a school. Guy thinking they're going to the Big Ten, and they end up in the small ten, which right. may be Division three, uh, paying paying to play basketball, and there's a lot more uh, failures uh, of what we would probably deem a bad decision than there are success stories. Make no mistake about it. That's Dane Fife. I'm Jimmy Cook. We're going to take a quick break. We come back. The voice of the Hoosiers, Don Fisher, joins us. We'll get Don's takeaways from the Hoosiers. Lost to Miami in the round of 32, as well as a look ahead to the offseason goals and objectives for the Indiana Hoosiers. More to come. Don Fisher, though, next here on The Fan. Life is full of things to manage. Your work, your family, your plans, and your treatment. Consider Kesimpta, Ofatumumab 20-milligram injection. You can take it yourself from the comfort of home. If you're ready for something different, ask your healthcare provider about Kesimpta and check out the details at kesimpta.com. Brought to you by Novartis Pharmaceuticals Corporation. Welcome back to Dealing Together. First caller? I bought three sweaters to get the fourth free. Oh, you got fleeced. Next caller? I traded my old Samsung at AT AT&T for a new Samsung Galaxy S24 Plus and chose my plan. That's not a bad deal. It is not. Our best smartphone deals. Your choice of plan. Learn how to get the new Samsung Galaxy S24 Plus with Galaxy AI on us with eligible trade-in. AT&T. Connecting changes everything. Offers vary by device. Subject to change. S24 plus 256 gigabyte offer available for a limited time. Terms and restrictions apply. See att.com slash Samsung for details. Was born in a small town. <laughs> Welcome back to the Fan Midday Show. It's Dane Fife. will be your lead singer throughout the afternoon. Eddie Garrison on drums. Don lived in guitar. a small town. Is that too loud? <laughs> Sorry, Don. Boys, the Hoosiers, Don Fisher, nice enough to join us. Uh, Don, what do you enjoy more? The, uh, the the solo there by Dane Fife or uh, the way things rolled around on uh, <laughs> Sunday night for our Hoosiers? It's a combo platter. (laughs) (laughs) That was born in a small town. Don lived in a small town. I did. I did. I lived in a pretty small town. Don, one of my my favorite questions in general we've had you on since the years and I've been in the building is your observations of what you saw from the group, anything different, anything in general, whether it was warm-ups or it was leading up to it, anything that you thought they'd get 
out-physicaled, out-rebounded, out-second chance, any way you want to go with it against Miami going into that game on Sunday? Well, I was hopeful that we would not have our <laughs> our up-and-down performances that we've seen over the last month or so. Uh, I thought that was probably the most disappointing aspect of it is that this team hasn't been able to – they did put two wins together, uh, you know, uh, leading up to the Big Ten tournament or into the Big Ten tournament uh, after they won the final regular season game over Michigan, and then they won the first ball game in the Big Ten tournament. But then uh, they fell back again, uh, losing in that uh, semifinal to Penn State. Um, and so I was going into this NCAA tournament feeling like they'd had you know four or five days to catch their breath and kind of get ready for the next matchup with uh, Kent State, and they were – solid in that performance and then they come back a, a day and a half later and, and get beat uh, by a very good Miami team no question about that a team that had a lot of the tools that Indiana doesn't necessarily have and so I was disappointed in that sense because I, I just think that this team is is a ball club that looked like they were tired and um, just didn't have the energy level that you need to compete uh, you know uh, in two games in three days and again it boils down to what we saw during the season uh, this is such a grind in the Big Ten everybody knows that uh, you've got to have your legs if you're going to go into a tournament where you play every other day and and even on a day-by-day basis like the Big Ten and this team wasn't able to come back after a win uh, after a couple of days and and win again and so that just indicates to me that they were tired and and I think it just took it out of them and I think the rest of the Big Ten kind of feels the same way <laughs> except for my Spartans fish I know well give me a chance to finish <laughs> I know you're gonna interrupt me as best you can but I'm just, just telling you that that there's only one Big Ten team left after the first and second rounds of this tournament which has been going on now for the last three years. And what's been going on in that regard? 20 games of Big Ten play in a season. Hey, Fish, um, I know you've seen this story written before. I mean, my, two of my teams, I think we were one and done. We got beat by Pepperdine and we got beat by Kent State in the first round when I played. Mm-hmm. And um, you kind of alluded to it. Did you see the other night's game, Indiana against Miami, did you see that? as a matchup issue going into the game? And then I guess ultimately, was it a matchup, a major matchup issue that, that aside from the tiredness X's and O's standpoint, did you see it as a matchup problem? Yeah, because I don't think Indiana has the same kind of athletes, you know, that, that, that uh, Miami has, they are a smaller team, very quick, very athletic, uh, obviously a, a group of guys that play well together. Um, the big guy inside for Miami is not a big guy. No. He is big in a sense of 250, but at 6'7", he is a strong, well-packed 250 pounds that was just so energetic on the floor and with 17 rebounds to his credit in this ball game, it tells you that Indiana had to have other people rebounding because one of the problems Indiana had in this game is the straight line drives to the basket that were allowed so often. And then on top of that, then you're, you know, the uh, other bigs are coming in to help the guys that are supposed to be rebounding. They're out of position to rebound. Yep. So, so when you look at it, uh, yeah, it was a matchup problem. There's no question because 
Miami was not a big team by any stretch of the imagination, and yet their athleticism and their quickness uh, and their ability to shoot the basketball from outside caused all kinds of problems. Don, what was going through your mind or what was going through the broadcast booth when they closed the first half the way they do and followed up with a nice open to start the second, roughly a 13-0 run in there between end of first half to start a second half? What was your thought there? And then were you were you caught off guard or surprised the way Miami punched back with a 16-2 run of their own to kind of put that out of reach? Uh, I, I wasn't surprised by it because, again, uh, and I get it, I think the fatigue factor fig- figures in, but I, I wasn't surprised that Indiana kind of closed the gap at halftime and were able to, to start out so well in the second half. And you kind of thought, man, they get this three-point lead all of a sudden, and you think they're back in it, they're, they're going to take control of this basketball game. But they just didn't have the juice, in my opinion, and – uh, like I said before, I think I think that's the biggest factor to me in watching the Big Ten and these ball games going forward uh, is the fact that that all these teams are going through that grinder that you have in Big Ten play, and I think it wears on them. I really do. Fish, did you watch the Boilermakers? I did not watch hardly any of that ball game. I did see just a bit of it. Well, I. I going talking about the Big Ten. There's there's plenty of of thought that think along the lines that that you do of the fatigue. But what about the makeup of the league? I think what Michigan State's always done well. Tom Izzo talks about this all the time. Is he wants to play every year a team in each of the Power Five? We'll say Power Six. You know the other five leagues, the the power of the power six in basketball, and he does that because he wants to get a feel for how different leagues play. And not only does he does that for the year at hand, but he does that to get a gauge into how to formulate his own roster. And do you kind of see my point on that? Yeah, I do. I do. I I I, I have always thought. It does not – I mean, sure, it's going to hurt you if you go into a non-conference portion of your schedule and you get beat two or three or four times by lesser teams. But if you schedule those ball games so that you can learn about your basketball team and learn right. what you need to do, uh, I don't think that, that – because here's the thing. You have to beat your best when you go into the NCAA tournament, Right. I mean, you have to be. Yep. If you're not at your best, you're not. You haven't got a chance to do that. You have to know exactly what you're going up against, right. and you never do what you go to the NCAA tournament unless you've done that or have some feel for it yep. based on what you've seen throughout the season. And that's what non-conference play is all about. Yep. So it's just smart. I know Thomas. You know, Tom says I'm the dumbest guy in the world for no. scheduling this tough a schedule, all that yeah. kind of stuff. And, and he no. is on that from that aspect. Yes, <laughs> <laughs> it looks great on the front end, fish, but on the back end, and you see those L's piled up. You, what the heck is he thinking? I know, but at the same time, where are you? Where do you want to be your best? <laughs> that's that's right, and and there is a is a tough position to be in because you've got to do well in your conference in order even to make the NCAA tournament. But that exactly. stated, you build your team for March as well. That's right, and that and what's the ultimate goal? It's to win a national championship, and that's not to say that Michigan State's going to win a national championship this year. But they're the only team left with a chance at doing it. So <laughs> there you go. 
Well, well, that's a great segue, Don. If you don't think Michigan State's going to win the national championship, <laughs> then who the heck do you think is? I think Florida Atlantic's going to win it. That a yes, baby. Yeah, Let's go. Go Owls. Hoot, hoot. <laughs> you got to root for your buds. You know what that's I mean? Right. Absolutely. Dusty May is a bud, and I love him, and I've talked to him a couple times this year during the season, and we've texted uh, back and forth. You've and, talked to him, uh, Don, huh? You never talk to me. Now. <laughs> you don't call me. It's usually me calling you. You're Jeez. not a coach anymore. <laughs> hey, that's <laughs> oh. not true, fellas. <laughs> oh, yeah. Tell him. Don, uh, I'm sorry to have to correct you on this. I'm a but player coach we, of, uh, set him of up, mine Jimmy. and Eddie's uh, beach volleyball team we just started about an hour ago. So he, he's still in the coaching ranks. We're good. We're good. We're in Speedos. We are not allowed to tan or spray tan. 50, 50 to 100 sunblock. Got a qualifier up in Indiana Beach later this yeah, month. We need a sponsor, Fish. Yep. You looking yep. to sponsor? Well, Dane, I, I might sponsor a team that's coached by you. <laughs> you are getting back into the business. You know how that goes. Hey, that's well, I'm in the uh, beach volley men's beach volleyball business. Uh, Quite a career turn. Yeah, the, there's a vertical limit. You've got to be under five centimeters <laughs> <Yeah>. vertical. <laughs> so it's a specific division for sure. Don Fisher, so voice. That, so you're saying that I could play? Yes, you could. Indeed. Indeed. No, you're too tan. <laughs> Fisher, Fisher's got like this permanent tan going, and he's got this Jack Nicholas golden blonde hair. The guy is just he, he's model esque. <laughs> Just wish he'd show up when I ask him to play. There it is. God, it. I have my bingo card go. ready to go. One of the great. Hey, you Here could sub go. your brother in. I played with Fish and his brother one year, and his brother smacked a hole in one. We're, we're, we were at um, French Lick. We were at the Pete Dye course. <laughs> that's true. His brother yeah, knocked true. in a hole in one. Man. Dave Fisher. The real Fisher. Yeah, the real Fisher. Exactly. <laughs> Don, last question I had on my end. Trace Jackson Davis likely plays his last basketball game as a Hoosier. When you look back at his career, I'm not going to ask you to rank him, but what will you remember the most? What's your most fond memory of his tenure as an Indiana Hoosier? His senior year, and, I, and I'll tell you why. Um, he battled his guts out the entire season. He wanted to win a Big Ten title. He wanted to win an NCAA championship, and he talked about it all year long, and I thought he became the leader that we all thought he was and could be he became the best player on this basketball team. Uh, in my opinion, he, he just played tremendous basketball. He grew so much as a player through his first three years, and then that all consummated into his senior season, which I think that's what it's supposed to happen. You're supposed to go to college for four years and play basketball and become the best that you could be in that final season. And that, to me, is the most uh, – the thing that I'll remember most about Trace Jackson Davis was he got better every year in every way, not just as a player, but as a person. That's well-stated, Fish. Uh, Post-game, ride home. Um, what was the feeling coming home? Was it, it, Obviously not looking for anything juicy, but I I just, you know, the, the togetherness, the kind of wrapping up the season, the plane ride home. What was what was the um, kind of the, just the the aura, the the feelings on the plane and bus rides and all those things uh, post game? Well, I you know I I really literally could walk back to the arena or to back our hotel after the ball game, and I got back to to the hotel. Uh, the, myself and Eric and and our our group uh, got back to the hotel literally probably about thirty minutes about 45 minutes after the game because we had to wrap up everything. 
And I walked in in the lobby, and of course, everybody's waiting to greet the team when they come back. And that took forever. I don't know why it took as long as it did. I know they have press conferences, all that kind of thing. But... Sure, that Albany traffic was just a zoo. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, but but it was. And it just took forever to get them back there. And then, of course, a lot of people just, you know, fade away after a certain amount of time because you wonder when they are going to come back. When they finally got back there, you could tell that the players, you know, were being, you know, was clapping and all that kind of stuff and that kind of thing. So I, to be honest with you, I couldn't tell what the mood was. I know the players were responding to family members and that kind of thing, which you would expect. We we literally had such a screwed up mess there because the plane that we were scheduled to take back after the game was canceled. And we learned of that 10 minutes before the game ended or mm. 10 minutes before we got off the air that we were not going to go back home. So we had to come back. We had to deal with the, the you know, getting our uh, rooms back and all this kind of oh, thing. Man. It was just an absolute screwed up mess. And it wasn't because of anything IU did. It was because right. of the plane situation furnished yeah. by the NCAA. Yeah. So at any rate, I didn't get a real feel that night for all of it. Uh, the next day, uh, you know, it was just the typical uh, after a losing scenario yeah. that right. ends your season. You know, guys are disappointed. There's not a lot of slap-happy stuff going on, no. that kind of thing. But it wasn't as dour as you might expect yeah. either because you had a few hours to get over it and all that kind of thing. But I don't. Th- I think the mood right now at Indiana and with the fan base and everybody else is about what's going to happen next year yeah. because you're losing so many yeah. guys off this team and you don't know if you're going to get the guys back that you actually have coming back. So yeah. and, just, and that's my because, question is what what's next? I have my ideas, yeah. but but what is next? Do you think you got to fill? You got 13 scholarships, fish. Uh, you know you lose, and I'm not looking for anything too specific, but you know you lose. Well, you think you lose Trace. You know you lose Race. You know you lose Miller. You probably you, you probably lose Huchifino, and then let's just say you may lose one more in the portal, um, one or two more or five, who knows. But um, what's next? What do you see next for, for Indiana basketball? Well, I think the coaching staff has their work cut out for them because mm-hmm. they've got only two recruits coming in, Ja'Kai Newton from Georgia uh, and a combo guard, and then Gabe Cups, who's the – uh, point guard from Ohio that everybody's so high on. Those two kids are coming in as recruits as freshmen. There are no other freshmen that I know about that they're looking at. Right. Uh, therefore, they're going to have to go to the transfer portal. Yeah. And that, I think, is, in everybody's estimation, a very sketchy scenario because you're, you're going to have to replace the bigs in this team first. Yeah, right. Uh, right. I mean, you've got two bigs coming back. You've got uh, Malik Renew, uh, which I don't, I think he's definitely coming back, and I would assume at any rate. And then uh, Logan Duncan, who has been out most of the season, or a good portion of the season, with a sinus problem that had to have surgery, and obviously he had been dressed the last yeah. uh, what yeah. fifteen games of the season, whatever it's been. So, yeah. and if he comes back, which you know he hasn't played a lot, right? Two he years just doesn't have there, the experience. Know. Right, exactly. So he's going to be kind of like not a freshman necessarily, but the experience level is not there. I'd agree. They're going to be very young in the bigs, and you're going to have to get an experienced big, I would think, to come in just because somebody who's been through the wars at this point. Um, So, again, I think the the coaching staff and the transfer portal are going to be very active here in the next several weeks uh, heading into next season because this is when you're going to be able to get them, and that's when everybody's going to transfer. Right, and and the portal portal is important, and it it plays a major factor. 
But as I told my my um, my coworkers here, the the portal the portal can become the portal John really quickly. <laughs> and one thing, the you know the Indiana Indiana is like the Ivy League from this aspect. In the Ivy League, they can't get certain players in based on you know test scores or or right. They can't get certain players in Indiana can't get certain players in based on you can't you can't be an idiot you know you can't have a sketchy past if you come to indiana you got to act right you got to do the right stuff by and large you're not going to get away with the stuff the coaching staff isn't going to get away with bringing in a sketchy player um never has never will and so um indiana has to be even more selective in in who they bring in you want the best player but the best player better have some character to him or he's going to get run out and the staff will get run out right behind him, which we've seen in, in years past. Right. There's no question that uh, that's why I say it's sketchy when you talk about the transfer portal because you got a guy, you have to have a guy that fits. He, he, he could be a great kid and not fit. So yeah, you've got to right. find a guy that fits what they're looking for, what they need. And what they need is, in my opinion, guys with a lot more athleticism. Do you have some on the roster? Absolutely. Craig Galloway is a terrific kid, a hard worker. Uh, he, he's going to be a great guy to start with your nucleus. If Xavier Johnson gets the appeal and he's able to come back, now you've got another guy that's a critical factor that could help you, especially in that uh, guard position. You've got to get some bigger wings at this point. Uh, Caleb Banks is coming back, I would assume. And, again, I think he's a terrific talent. I just didn't think we saw anywhere near enough of him as the season went on. But that's, again, coaches' decisions and deciding yeah. you know, who they trust at that juncture of the, of the season right. and what that guy can do. Um, but, so they've got, some, they've got some kids there, but they're going to have to add to that mix. And then how does that mix take uh, shape in regard to chemistry and what the guy's able to do? So I, I – Again, I think it's uh, there's a big question mark about Indiana basketball going into next season, and we'll see how it all plays out. Mm-hmm. Don, greatly appreciate you taking the time with us, uh, particularly uh, over the last couple of months. Always appreciate chatting with you. I wish you a, a very happy offseason of golf and relaxation, <laughs> and, and I, we look forward to talking to you in the fall, my friend. Oh, hey, well, as long I as I'm it. on here, Fish is coming on. I'm making him. He owes me. <laughs> Jimmy, Jimmy. Thank you so much for having me this year. I really appreciate it. And Dane, hey, he's so he was so scared to say any of our names the whole the whole interview. I, I, I could tell. Call you, I did not call you Doc one time. <laughs> he stuck the landing, and he'll see you on the first tee. <laughs> oh no, he won't. He's not playing with me. <laughs> Thank you, Don. See you, Fish. Guys, thanks. See you. That's the voice of the Hoosiers, the Hall of Famer, Don Fisher. Nice enough to take some time with us. Went a little long there, but always appreciate and no problem doing that. Excuse with me? Fish. I didn't think it we're, went we're long. I thought we, break. we got more time. We're going to take a quick break. We come back still to come. The Dean Mike Chapel updates us on Colts free agency. Another legend in his own right, Landon Turner, going to join us at the bottom of the one o'clock hour. Alex Golden, two o'clock. Back after this on the fan. Never. Life is full of things to manage. Your work, your family, your plans, and your treatment. Consider Kesimpta, Ofatumumab 20 milligram injection. You can take it yourself from the comfort of home. If you're ready for something different, ask your healthcare provider about Kesimpta and check out the details at kesimpta.com. Brought to you by Novartis Pharmaceuticals Corporation. 
Welcome back to Dealing Together. First caller? I bought three sweaters to get the fourth free. Oh, you got fleeced. Next caller? I traded my old Samsung at AT&T for a new Samsung Galaxy S24 Plus and chose my plan. That's not a bad deal. It is not. Our best smartphone deals. Your choice of plan. Learn how to get the new Samsung Galaxy S24 Plus with Galaxy AI on us with eligible trade-in. AT&T. Connecting changes everything. Offers vary by device. Subject to change. S24 plus 256 gigabyte offer available for a limited time. Terms and restrictions apply. See att.com slash Samsung for details. I thought that I'd be disappointed for a little Will Smith coming out of a rejoiner, but considering what the state of, a city rather, of Miami, state of Florida has done to Indiana, both men's and women's basketball, back-to-back nights, not, not, a, not a big smile on my face hearing that, Eddie Garrison. Yeah, I know, and there's a reason why you don't hear Dane Five, it's because he's getting a snack. <laughs> he's got to get, no, he's got oh, his peanuts. There he is. I don't know. Oh, there he there is. There he is, of course. The legend himself. There he is. Hey, boys, I'm back. I've got my uh, grandma's mini sandwich creams. Well done. They look good. Taste good. I'm on a diet, but I'm going to take a break for about 10 minutes. I've 10 heard minute that break before. for my diet. <laughs> hey, Don was good, wasn't he, fellas? Awesome. Always good talking to Fish. Always good to get his perspective. And, I mean, he's right, and you emphasized it in our first segment. It can be a scary process trying to go through the transfer portal, but that is very much the situation the 2023 24 Hoosiers will find themselves in. I kind of like my term of you can the the transfer portal can yep, be yep. roses and rainbows and grandma's mini sandwich crispy creams here but the the transfer portal can become the portal John very quickly. Did you were you really late not just cuz of the cookies but because you had to get your trademark filed for that make sure the t-shirts <laughs> and everything are are ready to go? That's a good idea. I mean Let's time's make ticking. some money. Time's a ticking. Let's make some money, boys. I can see the I can see the smoke coming out of Eddie's ears right now. <laughs> T-shirts, speedos. They can sponsor the beach volleyball team. No doubt about that. Sponsored by Portal John. Still to come, the Dean Mike Chapel. He is on the other side of this break. We'll get his full thoughts on both the Gardner Minshew signing, if it impacts any of his evaluation for what the Colts need to do in next month's draft and other targets they have to hit on as free agency rolls on in the National Football League. The Dean Mike Chapel, Fox 9 and CBS 4 is next. Welcome back. Life is full of things to manage. Your work, your family, your plans, and your treatment. Consider Kesimpta, Ofatumumab 20 milligram injection. You can take it yourself from the comfort of home. If you're ready for something different, ask your healthcare provider about Kesimpta and check out the details at kesimpta.com. Brought to you by Novartis Pharmaceuticals Corporation. Welcome back to Dealing Together. First caller? I bought three sweaters to get the fourth free. Oh, you got fleeced. Next caller? I traded my old Samsung at AT&T for a new Samsung Galaxy S24 Plus and chose my plan. That's not a bad deal. It is not. Our best smartphone deals. Your choice of plan. Learn how to get the new Samsung Galaxy S24 Plus with Galaxy AI on us with eligible trade-in. AT&T. Connecting changes everything. Offers vary by device. Subject to change. S24 plus 256 gigabyte offer available for a limited time. Terms and restrictions apply. See att.com slash Samsung for details. To the fan midday show coming up here in just a moment or two. The Dean Mike Chapel of Fox 59 and CBS 4 going to join myself, Jimmy Cook, alongside Dane Fife, Eddie Garrison, guiding us through the afternoon. We do indeed have the Dean Mike Chapel of Fox 59 and CBS 4 making his weekly visit with us. Chappie, it's the first time we've talked to you since the Colts made a move for, in all likelihood, the veteran quarterback that will, at least in my mind, be under center. Week one in Gardner Minshew, and they brought him in uh, with that signing coming finalized on Friday. 
your reaction when that happened on Friday, and do you agree with that sentiment that regardless of which quarterback is taken, it's likely Minshew mania to begin week one of the 2023 campaign? Yeah, a lot of us have been speculating Minshew. I mean, it, it's it's never wrong to connect dots when you change a GM or change a head coach. And, you know, Steichen and Minshew have been together the last two years in, in Philly. And he's had decent success. It depends on, you know, he, he's played well individually and not so much success, team success in uh, Jacksonville. But, yeah, I think considering what was out there, I mean, it was him or – Marcus Mariota or what Bridgewater or someone else, it made sense. And I thought whoever, whether they stayed at four, went to three, went to one when they could, they were still going to have to sign a, a veteran. And this guy made sense from the get-go. The money reasonable. So this is one a lot of us expected. And, and for, for a change, we were right. Chap, when you look at comments made yesterday by I'm going away from the Colts for a second by Panthers head coach Frank Reich and there was some speculation which everybody's kind of creating content I get it around this time of year in the NFL of what they're going to do people cited the the 49ers draft when they ended up taking Trey Lance and there was you know concern or questions about who exactly they were going to draft and eventually they have their mindset on Trey Lance as their selection when you look at the Panthers who ultimately were the team that whether you want to say jumped ahead of the Colts or not they wind up going for that first overall pick from the Bears, something the Colts didn't do. In your mind, when you look at that roster, is it a slam dunk they're going to go Stroud or Young, or would it surprise you at all if they wind up really liking the billables or the growth potential of a Richardson or Levis? I just, good question. I just think that they, they don't move that far up yeah, and say, maybe we can get a project. Right, You can stay at nine and maybe get a project. You can go from nine to five and get that. I just don't think you do what they did, how bold they were without, you know, being committed to getting the guy. And in my mind, no one knew it was. I think I saw the owner said, well, we have multiple choices. Well, sure you do. But but you moved to, it would have been the same if the Colts had moved to one. He moved to one because there's a guy. There's, there's one guy that separated himself in your mind, and that's why it's worth going up and getting him. You know, I saw where people are saying the Colts didn't do enough. We don't know what the Colts did. How, how, how serious were they? It's very, very possible that Chris Ballard and Steichen look at these four quarterbacks and say, yeah, okay, they're pretty good, but I'm not betting my future on it. Now, they, they may they may think that one of these guys is that good, but looking at what Carolina gave up, because they came so far from nine, I just don't see how the Colts could have matched or approached that. Would they have given up Michael Pittman? I, I, I know the, the sentiment is if if you believe that quarterback is that guy, it doesn't matter what the cost is. I understand it, and I agree to a point. But at the same time, if you're going to build around a young quarterback, don't gut your offense around him. They did that in 1990 with Jeff George, gave up. Chris Sitton and Andre Rison and more. Yeah, it probably wouldn't work anyway back then, but they didn't help it. So, yeah, I, I, I think I think Carolina knows exactly what they're going to do. You don't do that without that. And the question now is: Is the Colts stand four? Or do they try to go to three? Mike, I, I take Steichen out of it. The, the hiring of Steichen, firing of of Reich, and that that the whole coach drama out of it. Is it still too soon, uh, or? 
what can the Colts fans, Colts Nation, people that root for the Colts, what what can they hang their hat on right now to to give them hope? Uh, as you look at the free agency market, you look at uh, all the the talk, the talking heads around them, around the NFL. What what can the Colts? What can Colts fans hang their hat on? I know what we can as we can do as Lions fans. We just continue to make moves. But right. when I look at the Colts, uh, and I, and granted, I don't follow them as should, but I don't follow them as much as I do the Lions. What what gives Colts fans hope? The fourth pick. I mean, all that they've done in free agency, and they've done some good moves. They really have. Now, they still need a, a right guard, and now with Paris Campbell gone, they need a receiver. They probably needed a receiver anyway, but now even more so. But if they don't get quarterback right, what's the matter? I mean, anyone really expects Gardner Minshew to be your long-term quarterback? Well, no. Uh, so, so the hope is that you're going to get a guy, whether it's Richardson, whether it's Will Levis, and and the team and Ballard is convinced that this guy has the potential to take you somewhere over the next four to six years. You're not going to get Joe Burrow or Josh Allen or Mahomes at all. You're just not. And, you know, this, this is an Andrew Luck or, or Peyton Manning. But you don't have, as as much as you want that guy. They're so rare, which is right. again that that's what complicates. The, the attitude around here is everybody sees these young, vibrant quarterbacks in the AFC, and they say, hey, we want one of those. Well, yeah. you know, it, it's rare, and then you've got to be in position when the time comes. Maybe maybe this is the absolute un- imperfect storm, and the Colts are at four, even if they want to go to one, and they didn't believe these quarterbacks were that good. That would really suck. <laughs> but, but 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 if you, if if management can give the fans and the team a quarterback that you say you know in a year this guy's gonna be pretty good. I, I think next year is going to be tough sledding. I Minshew may be good enough to to, to, to keep him afloat in games, but but the, the, for the long term it's it's and I've said this from the start as much as I like Shane Sykes and hiring I do. If you don't get the quarterback right, it doesn't matter. It just doesn't work long term. So hopefully, there's a guy there at four or three if they want to move up that they can that 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 Ryan that that, that these guys can build their future on because if they get it wrong, a lot of guys won't be here in three years. Yeah. Uh, how often does the quarterback in waiting scenario work? Probably not very. Uh, it, it did for what well, did for Kansas City with Alex Smith, didn't yep. it? Yep. Uh, it did. Yeah, I can. It, it did. I tell you, it did back in the day with uh, Dante Culpepper in Minnesota. They brought Jeff George in, and, and as, as Jeff George's luck in his career, he had a really good year. And then they went to Culpepper. It works. It, it works. Uh, now, now, again, to say that it works, you're saying to be competitive. You know, I think it'd be crazy to think this team. With Minshew, it would would be a challenger in the AFC South. I, I I think they would be competitive. I really do. But the whole goal is to be competitive and not be three and whatever it is now. The new math fourteen, and 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 then say, well, boy, in twenty twenty four, we're going to be pretty good. That that might turn the fan base off. But but be competitive. Maybe get the, the rookie quarterback some work. Maybe late in the season. 
you, you really kind of see what you've got. But but just get, get, give give the the fan base direction on where you're going, and don't talk about Lombardis. Just just don't talk about multiple Lombardis until you get this thing together and you see where you're going, and you've got a direction. They've got a plan. They've got a plan. But I think it'd be a better idea if they would share that plan with people on, on what their expectations are. But get the quarterback in place, and then give your team a chance. The Dean Mike Chapel of Fox 59 and CBS 4 taking some time with us here in the drivefever.com studio. Chap, as this conversation started, Ian Rappaport reports that former Bills wide receiver Isaiah McKenzie is going to sign with the Colts. I don't have billables on that. Uh, McKenzie, 15 games played last year, 65 targets, 42 catches, 423 yards, four touchdowns. Uh, I understand you're not, you haven't looked at anything on Isaiah McKenzie, I would think. So I'm just going to ask you that on the fly with a blanket stat line from him. Uh, he's been in the league since 2017. So obviously a veteran wide receiver. Does that make sense in terms of as you're trying to fill up the wide receiver room that's kind of empty right now outside of Michael or uh, Michael Pittman Jr. and Alec Pierce? Uh, any initial thoughts to that move? I like it. I mean, you you want a veteran guy in there. Now they still may get a a rookie in the second or a you know draft pick in the second or third right. round. But you, you need you need people who've done it before, and prior to this they had Pittman and Pierce and and a few other guys that have done a few things. Ashton Dun Ashton Dunn is a really a good a good guy, but he he's like your fourth or fifth. He needs to be your fourth or fifth receiver. So so this is a good this is a good signing. He's not great, but but it gives him proven depth, which is which is the way Chris Ballard has built this roster. Is you know they don't go out and get to the the great receiver certainly with money wise. But they, that they try to find in certain positions d- decent players who have done it, and they're sort of on the upside. So th- this will be a good addition to the receiver room. Chap, how important is that depth across all positions for a team like Indianapolis, where even though there haven't been clear stated expectations publicly from the franchise of what this season's going to be, barring, like you said, lightning in a bottle striking and them giving early reins to a quarterback and, and it goes the the way of Lady Luck that's happened with so many other franchises in the AFC where, holy cow, this guy's an all-star. This guy's a superstar. We're, we're all set. Barring that happening, what does that type of depth in general, not just wide receiver room, but across the board, do for a team with kind of middle-of-the-road slash we want to get year-over-year better next year expectations for this franchise? Well, this seems uh, – Ballard's always been, to me, intent on making sure this roster is set on top to bottom. You know, that the – Guys from 45 to 53, if they have to, can play, and, and there's not a big drop-off. And, and he's done a good job. But, I mean, look, look at Zaire Franklin, a seventh-round pick, gets a second contract, and EJ Speed and all these guys. And you need those guys. But but the league is, is more about the five or six difference makers, yeah. whether it's, a, it's the quarterback, obviously, pass rusher, and, and the, the, the receiver that just keeps – you know, defensive coordinators awake at night, so they, they've got to find a way to kind of kind of tap into both. I think they've. I think in the last several years, top to bottom, the roster has been pretty good. You know, now if you get a bunch of injuries at one spot, whether it's receiver or, or tackle, well, you can only have so many who who who, could, who have who've played and can and can do it. But but just don't have any glaring weaknesses right now. They're really thin at corner. You know, safety they could use help, but but you, you try to have as many guys, the, the, the mid level players, role uh, players, role players. Yeah, role players. Yes, yes. 
and maybe maybe you put Minshew in, in, in that group as well. But boy, the league's about difference makers. It's just about guys, the Stephon Diggs and Jeffersons and and guys like that. And, and they've got one with Jonathan Taylor. Although keep in mind, this guy led the league in rushing two years ago with eighteen hundred yards, franchise record, and he didn't make the playoffs. Mm. So so it's it's as many skill players as you can get, receivers, and but but. It, it starts at the quarterback, and he makes everything possible. Mike Chappell joining us of Fox 9 and CBS 4. Chappie, as you look at the continued swirling rumor mill, we asked this question throughout the week already, and I want to get your thoughts on it as well since obviously we have this weekly conversation with you. Speculation, potentially, the Colts might dip their toe into the water on that Lamar Jackson sweepstakes. You and I have been pretty clear of where we're at with that. If it was one or the other, price or picks, maybe you could see it. Maybe if the team was in a better situation uh, from top to bottom or where they are to win now, you could see it. Uh, are you hearing any of that same smoke, or is it just uh, one of the pitfalls, again, of what happens between now and a month's time for the draft? Rumors are going to be swirling over the place. Yeah, I think it's just that you, you hear a lot of things because you hear a lot of things. And I've got to believe that at some point, these guys sat there and said, what do you think? You know, is this something we can do? And I, I would think they came to the conclusion that no. You know, it, a lot of times, when whether it's a franchise tag or restricted free agents, what teams are reluctant to, to do is, is, is negotiate because a lot of times you're just negotiating for the original team. I have a hard, I have a real hard time believing Baltimore lets this guy go. I just do. Then they're kind of where the Colts are. When you get a guy, you do what you can to keep him. But I don't mind the draft picks that much because, you know, there was talk about the Colts giving up two ones to go up to one with Chicago. Yeah. But but the, the, the 200 and some million guaranteed, boy, it should, first, I'm not sure that a small market, market team like this can afford that. And it it will re- you can do a lot of things with a cap you can make things work, but that really does restrict you. And if you can find the rookie who is, well, if I say good enough, it sounds like it's a low bar, but 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 can be good good enough can can make you competitive and provide hope and all that. Four years on a rookie deal is the things you can do for your roster is pretty immense. Now, Mike, tell me if you agree with this or not. If the Colts take Lamar Jackson or or sign Lamar Jackson it changes the whole dynamic in terms of public perception fan perception that the expectation would be then to win right away as sure. opposed to and the same goes for if the Colts were to trade number trade up for number one that public perception again like the Lamar Jackson situation would change the dynamic as turning into win right away as opposed to what they've done is stayed at number four and you bring in a QB like a Richardson or a Levis uh, supplemented by Minshew and you keep the public you keep the the public perception Grim Reaper off your back which the dynamic is well we're gonna build this thing we're in a building situation as opposed to a win right away situation. I, I think the expectations will be a little different from Lamar Jackson and the number one pick. I still, I still think there would have been, uh, well, maybe something this year, but really something next year. 
because I don't know that anyone expects Bryce Young or, or CJ Stroud to come in and just be the guy right from the get go and out of the gate. I, you know, very few quarterbacks do that. So I still think there would have been somewhat tempered optimism, but it would have been more. Lamar Jackson is different. You don't you don't do that move and say you know in a couple of years we're, we're going to be pretty good. No, you you've right. you've really pushed everything in. Yeah. So I, I, again, it's it is different. Ma- yeah. Massive expectations with Jackson, less w- w- with the number one, less massive, and less with the four. But yeah. still, number one would have brought some optimism. Yeah, more optimism. It's funny. It's like you said. You kind of alluded to it earlier. It's really hard to find a franchise type QB that's going to stay. That's uh, the Patrick Mahomes mold, or the Tom Brady, or the Peyton Manning. Yeah, Indiana's right. dealing. Indiana basketball is dealing with that with Bob Knight. You know, and right. I'm sure. Duke basketball will go through it with the Coach K growing pains, and when Tom Izzo retires, the same thing. It's it's a tough scenario to be in for the Colts because Peyton ain't coming back. Well, and they set such a high bar. Yeah, that I remember all through Manning's career, and they were going twelve and four, thirteen and three, a couple of fourteen and twos, and you know he's throwing for three hundred yards and three touchdowns, and people are saying, "Is that all you got?" Well, that, that's great. That's great, and that's. You know, and Peyton said one time, you know, twelve and four—that's not usual. That—that's not the way the league is. So, right. so they do set a high bar, and yeah. Andrew Luck sort of walked into that and sort of met it for a while, and then the injuries piled up. But boy, when when and I tell you, expectations should be high. Yeah. You, you should, should expect something. You, yep. If not, what are you doing? Right. So whether it's the, whether it's the Colts, the Pacers, or IU chasing. You know, I would think, getting out of my lane, I would think that what IU did this year wasn't good enough. I mean, it, it, what Purdue did wasn't good enough. Yeah, they had a great season, but you're still judged on postseason. And, you know, the, the one and done is just brutal. I was watching yeah. IU's women last night. Oh, it's that's awful, just wasn't it? And I, I watched Stanford the night before, and they get beat as a once. It, it's just brutal, but that's 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 – when you really cut to the chase, that's what it's about. You know, be great and be one of those teams that every year chases and you chase, and before you know what you get there, but you have to keep chasing them. Chap, Dana mentioned yesterday the importance of getting the right veteran quarterback in here and, and whoever that veteran is. Obviously, we know now it's Minshew, but them having the right mindset and the right mentality for the role, not having too big of an ego, not having too much of a, a chip necessarily on their shoulder that's affecting the overall team goal, the team process. I felt like that, based on what he wanted, that you got that out of Minshew's first comments to the media after the signing took place, talking about how he's not assuming anything, he's ready to work hard, wants to have fun, but emphasized that team aspect of it. Did you have a similar takeaway in that regard of him being the right fit, not just as a player, but the way he's going to accept whatever this role is? Yeah, I think that people kind of expected a more a bombastic Minshew when we talked to him. And, and cause, because that's sort of been his right. reputation, yep. and we didn't get that, which is good. You don't come in here beating your chest. It's just it's not smart. You know, let things settle down. And and right now, he probably doesn't know what his role is. Well, of, of course, it's going to be to be the bridge to whoever the quarterback yeah. the, the next guy is. But just sort of settle in, and and I, I think that's the way to do, as opposed to bringing all the attention to yourself. And there've been a few guys that have signed elsewhere across the league that they make more noise. But I thought he handled it the right way. And it's just about coming in, 
keeping your head with where this franchise is. Keep your head down, do the work, and I guess don't bring attention to yourself individually. Because right now it's not about you; it's about what this franchise can do as as a collective group to get back to where they need to be. Because right now they are not where they need to be. Yeah, and chap, that's the problem we're having with Jimmy right now. Is he started the Minshew mustache mania going? I think Jimmy's getting a little big for his britches here in the studio. I know Eddie's been struggling with it a little bit. What is that mustache like up close and personal? Have you seen it yet? And I'm talking Minshew's. No, we just had him zoom. Okay. So no. Okay. Did, did he... so, this is this is when you like really like you look forward to the off season workouts when you can see these guys and see you know mustaches and, and, and you're at, yeah you, yeah you can see the mustache and you really talk to the guy at the yeah. locker. Yep. One of the biggest regrets is because of COVID, we never one time had a face-to-face with Philip Rivers. In person, yeah. And that's one of the in biggest person. things for me is the body language, you know, right. unless you're getting a full frontal zoom. But you don't right. get that, you know, the body language for me, you can tell a lot about a person. And you make that, that's a great point, Mike. Yeah, because, again, it's it's just different when you can stand in the locker and, you know, the, the horde is around him and, and then they leave. And then, the, you know, guys that are there all the time, we kind of stand around and just – like, like people from San Diego used to tell us, he would stand there for like twenty minutes and talk. Yeah, and that's what you yeah. want. That's what you want. You want information and yeah. what makes them tick and what are they thinking. Yeah. And too often, with the way things are now, at that, it's that drive-by interview that right. you just don't get much meat on no. the bone. And you can get a couple things off the record. You can shoot no the question. beep, and uh, that's where you get a lot of the beef of, of what you need to do your job. No question. It, it, it's all about what can you get that that that, that he may not say with the cameras right. going, and, yep. and that, that's the kind of stuff you want. Yep. Chap, last question on my end. The running joke around town over the last year or two has been all the losing that's gone on amongst a number of different franchises. Everybody's worn that hat at some point or another. You look at a stretch of Purdue losing to Fairleigh Dickinson, second team ever to lose to a 16. Look at IU underperforming against Miami, and then IU getting their heart broken against Miami. Uh, it, it, does that take the uh, take the cake, so to speak, in terms of this stretch for Indiana sports? Yeah, pe- people sometimes indicate that sports is is blown up too much and we make too much out of it. But on the flip side, when you're winning, it's just – different it, yeah. it, there's a there's a different vibe and when you lose that's why it, it's fun to watch what the Pacers are doing because they're fun to watch and they're right there on the cusp of the whatever the hell the play-in yeah. thing is but you see something there but when you're losing and, and I, that's why I thought after I, you lost Kamari with the men that the women would kind of sort of pick us back up yeah. yeah yeah and it didn't happen and it's just different in the community Totally we found agree. that around Beach Grove last year when, when they won the state. Yeah, it's just different. It, it's there's a, there's a, a more of a you know bounce in your step, and, and when you lose, it's just not the same. Well, hey, chap, the the one thing that you can hang your hat on now is there's a men's beach volleyball team that's just been forwarded. It's a three man team. I'm a player coach, and we are looking for a sponsor for the back of Jimmy Speedo. But uh, it's going to be Indianapolis-based and uh, another another sport, another team, another Indiana local-based team that you can hang your hat on. Well, there, we, we've got a nice yeah, – here in Beach Grove, we've got a nice, you know, beach uh, sand volleyball court. So you guys can come down here and work out. And a practice facility. We are looking for a Look practice for some place to work out, um, stretch. Um, we go. do yoga. We like to do yoga in the morning in the sun. Um 
It's, that's a good idea. We'll have to get a hold of the people in Beach Grove that uh, help us with a practice facility, Jimmy. Uh, uh, we're always here to help. <laughs> Appreciate that, chap. We'll talk to you next week. Jimmy and a Speedo Later. coming right up. Man, no one needs that. That is hot. No one needs that in their life. Dean Whitechapel, Fox 9, and CBS 4. I like the audacity, by the way, of you, even jokingly, to say that I'm getting too big for my britches over here when no more than a segment ago you were at the vending machine grabbing cookies. Me and Eddie had to pick up the slack. Ooh. <laughs> Hey, you need someone up at the net for our beach volleyball team. I'm trying to beef up. I appreciate There's going to be that. some collisions. These grandmas, sandwich creams, they're going down easy. I'm getting big for the net. I'm getting big for the trenches. Because I know you two aren't going to no, battle with me no. in the trench. You don't want to get your spe- Speedos all wrinkled. No. I, I, it costs a lot of money to get that clean after, yeah. after a hard day's work, for sure. <laughs> Stayed Fife. I'm Jimmy Cook. We're going to take a quick break. We come back. Yeah, you legend himself, Landon Turner, going to join us. LT, a bad dude. Looking forward to that conversation here on The Fan. Welcome back to the... Life is full of things to manage. Your work, your family, your plans, and your treatment. Consider Kesimpta, Ofatumumab 20 milligram injection. You can take it yourself from the comfort of home. If you're ready for something different, ask your healthcare provider about Kesimpta and check out the details at kesimpta.com. Brought to you by Novartis Pharmaceuticals Corporation. Welcome back to Dealing Together. First caller? I bought three sweaters to get the fourth free. Oh, you got fleeced. Next caller? I traded my old Samsung at AT AT&T for a new Samsung Galaxy S24 Plus and chose my plan. That's not a bad deal. It is not. Our best smartphone deals. Your choice of plan. Learn how to get the new Samsung Galaxy S24 Plus with Galaxy AI on us with eligible trade-in. AT&T. Connecting changes everything. Offers vary by device. Subject to change. S24 plus 256 gigabyte offer available for a limited time. Terms and restrictions apply. See att.com slash Samsung for details. Midday show along with Dane Fife. I'm Jimmy Cook, Eddie Garrison behind the ones and twos. Landon Turner going to join us here in just a moment. Get his thoughts on state of Indiana basketball, their performance in the NCAA tournament, and the outlook for, as we've talked about a number of times over the last couple of days, Dane, that'll be a, a heavy task for the Hoosiers that becomes basically a portal year effectively as they put together a roster for the 23-24 campaign. Also want to, if we have time, sprinkle in a little bit of Hoosier hysteria, the other end of it, which is the high school level, with this boys' basketball state tournaments taking place this weekend. Want to get just, in general, a trip down memory lane over at Arsenal Tech back in the day for Landon Turner. Looking forward to sprinkling that in there as well. My former player, John Peckinball, head coach of the Kokomo Wildcats. In the state final. Taking on Ben Davis in the 4 It's going to be a great one. Coach Don Carlisle, that's going to be a great game. Jimmy, can you give me a good seat? You, you, I know we, we talked about the, the ego that I have, uh, but, but you've severely underestimated or overestimated my poll that you think I have. Um, no, but I, uh, I'll, I'll be there. Are you going to make an appearance? Are you going to be able to make it down? If I can get a good seat. Yeah. Okay. It's all for that. Well, I've got well, a reputation. I know. you got to got to precede you. want to make yeah, sure that yeah. we're able to keep I those bases it. covered. Yeah. Joining us now is Indiana legend himself, Landon Turner. Nice enough to take some time with us. Landon, how are you today? Man, I'm doing great, Jimmy. How are you doing, man? I'm doing great. Better now that I'm here for LT. you. LT. LT. <laughs> you over there with my boy, Dane. That's What's right, up, baby. Dane? What up, LT? <laughs> man, I do have to, I do have to uh, say something to you all, man. Uh, I don't really like watching guys with Speedos on. <laughs> uh... And I would suggest, unless you are making co-ed, that would be a lot better for me. But 
I mean, you might as well go with the crave right now. Let's do some pickleball or something. <laughs> that's what I that's what I said off the top, LT, was uh, that I thought pickleball would be better, particularly from my overall morale and my pride would be better, too. Yeah, you don't want to be out there with no speedos no. throwing all your stuff, no. man. LT, no. that's where the money's at, man. I got sh- <laughs> I got my money makers. <laughs> it's my money maker. I don't know. I don't know, man. I Pickle just keep getting is, lots of requests. Up there. We could, I could use an assistant, by the way, LT. I am the man, I'm, head ready co- to, I'm ready to help you, Dane, in any way you you want me, man. You the man, baby. Okay, you're, you're my boy. Assistant. You know that. We you're just, my brother for, forever. That's right. Same here, LT. Same here. LT used to come to our practices, man. He'd give us talks, and a lot of times, LT, and and you know this, I think, he'd keep our spirits up. Uh, we weren't always that good when we played. We we were one and done at least two 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 of my years, LT. But LT'd come and pick us up, man. He'd crack on Coach Knight, crack on us, <laughs> crack on himself. But uh, well, I had to crack on Coach yeah. Knight because he was always cracking on me. That's man. true. I had, to, I had to come back somehow, man. You know, L- LT. That would be a great roast still to have you and Coach Knight together. But uh, LT, how's your bracket shake, shaking up? My brackets are all messed up, man. You know, <laughs> um, I, you know, my my heart. I did my bracket with my heart instead of my mind. Yeah. So I had, so I had Indiana, of course, in the final four. Yeah. And of course, I had them winning, which I kind of, you know, I didn't think they could really win it, but right. I was hopeful. I yeah. was hopeful. Yeah. But I had Alabama in there. I still got Alabama in there. Alabama's I think, alive. I think they look pretty good. Yeah. Yeah, they're still alive. And um, I can't really remember who else I got well, here. Well, you got the Texas Houston matchup. You've got the uh, well. I think Houston will win that. Yeah. Oh, I think Texas will beat Xavier, and I think Houston will beat Miami. You've got Arkansas, UConn, and then Gonzaga and UCLA. So let's say uh, who, who's going to win Arkansas, I UConn. Gonzaga in the final four. Okay, you got the Zags. You got Drew Timmy. The redemption story. LT, nineteen eighty one national champions. Yes, sir. Do, do any of these teams hold a candle to the 1981 national champions? Oh um, man, I think uh, at this at this particular time, I think we still have the record of the most points we beat our, our opponents by. I think we averaged like 23 points over our opponents throughout the tournament. I think that's still a record. Yeah, in the tournament, I think that's still a record. Jeez. Um. I think, you know, with a guard like Isaiah, I mean, I, I, I mean, our guards were just awesome. Randy and Isaiah, I mean, I think they're the two of the best in history, man. I mean, yeah, yeah. they were awesome, man. So I'm thinking, and then Ray and, and Ted. Give yourself Ted. a little credit, LT. I, I, that game, just watching those games, man. Man. Give yourself well, you know a little what? credit. You, you know what? I, I, and I need to. I need to get some reparations for. Uh, <laughs> I'm the one. I, I'm the one that really kind of brought back the the jump hook. Yep. Did you really? Not everyone is shooting a jump hook. L- LT. LT. <laughs> no one was shooting it when I was when I was playing. LT deserves at least some credit, and in the credit of dollar signs, I'd agree with that. There's not a lot that I don't disagree with when LT speaks. Because uh, because I I can't remember if it was in the LSU game or the North Carolina game, Al McGuire was the announcer and I shot a jump hook, and I think it was on Sam Perkins. I shot a and and Al McGuire said I haven't seen that shot since George Mikey. <laughs> <laughs> that 
Mikey. How far back is George Mikey? I, I think he was the fifties. <laughs> yes, it was in the fifties. Shit. So, but but now but now when I look, when I watch I mean everybody, everybody. shooting the jump hook. Everybody. And I remember when I went back after I got hurt, I went I went to some practices and and I heard Coach Day uh Gene Davis, he was like I think he was telling Uve. He was like, Shoot a jump hook, shoot a jump hook. I was like, damn, they never they never told me to shoot oh, a jump hook. Man. It was just something that I just automatically that, that's did. That's right. They didn't need to. They didn't need they to. They wanted me to, you know, Coach was trying to teach me to shoot a, uh, a hook shot like Ken Benson, like more of a sky hook. And I, to me, I felt that the jump hook was a lot quicker and a lot faster, and I can get it off faster without someone blocking my shot. Then the, yeah, I would agree with that. I could see that. LT, what yeah. were your thoughts on the Hoosiers? This weekend, I had hope, but I, but I was they were too roller coastery for me. Yeah. I mean, they they I mean they play a great game, and then the next game it seemed like they just didn't have the same intensity. Yeah, and I, and I didn't know what was going on with that, especially near the end of the Big Ten season. I yeah. was like, this is the time where you're supposed to jail Peak, because yeah. you're going into the tournament. And this is when you're supposed to be playing your best ball ever at the end of the Big Ten season. And then, you know, especially going into the second Big Ten, you know, season, I was like, I, I was hoping that they, you know, would gel and, and play that great basketball like they did a few times. Especially I mean, against they, they, Purdue? Uh, oh, man. They looked awesome against Purdue. They I was did. so happy because the three years I played, we never, I never won at Purdue. Wow. I mean, but they never won in in, in Assembly Hall either. Yeah. But um it, I we, was I was so proud of them beating Purdue. I was like, yeah, we are on our way. Yeah. And I thought that we would do some great things in the yeah. tournament, but unfortunately we had one of those yeah. going down the roller coaster yeah. times. Don Fisher was on with us earlier and Fish said he thought they looked really tired. And Come on, come on, man! You, I mean, they're teenagers. Yeah, <laughs> yeah some of them are twenty-five. Where, 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 where you, where you going to the friends you pansy room every night? I mean, what was it? Why are you tired? That sounds like a, a room that George Mike and used to went to a lot. You never been to the friends you pansy room? I don't think union, so. In the union hall. I don't think so, LT. We had yeah because when when I was in school, a lot of the frat fraternities and sororities would have a lot of their parties at the Frangie. Oh, Frangie okay. Room, I think most which, of them had in the student union I building. Gotcha. They had them at the hyper when I was if they had big parties. They had them at the hyper. Yeah, they just cleared the gym out. Wow, Landon, so what we were, were, what, were, what were your overall just takeaways of the growth development of of Trace Jackson Davis as, as a four year player in Indiana? I thought he was tremendous. I mean, he he took he, he took it the leadership he showed everybody this is how you need to come to play every every game. Yep. I mean, he was on the boards, something that I love to do. He was he was going to the basket. I mean, see, I was the kind of guy. I was more of an inside out guy. Mm-hmm. And you know, I mean, eighteen in, I, I will bust you. You know, I mean, my jumper, <laughs> my jumper was wet. But see, I used to use that as a mentality against with the defense. The defense, you know, they would lay back thinking I would go, I would drive them, and then I would pull up the jumper, bam! So then when they say, "Oh, he got a nice jumper," they would come up on me to stop yeah. me, my jumper that I would drive. But Trace, he didn't have that mentality. He 
said, I'm going to drive and you're not going to stop me. And they didn't stop it. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Which was, which was incredible. Yeah, that's right. And uh, but but the guy, I mean, he, I mean, defensively, as far as blocking shots and helping out, I mean, he was he was awesome doing that. I mean, his passing game uh, got a lot better. Where they come and double him, and he would throw it to the to the guys in the corner for the three point. I mean, all of that improved. He improves tremendously. And I think he's going to do very well in, in the, on the next level. I do too, LT. One of my arguments is, and, and we both know kind of where Trey stands in terms of his skill set and ability, having been around him, but uh, listening to people talk while he, he needs to develop a jumper, he can't shoot. My, my statement is, how do you know? You know? He hasn't shot, so how do you know? Woody told me he, that, he, that he could shoot a jumper. He can, that's my, but but yeah. he doesn't, and that's my point to people. Why would you do that? And you just alluded to the point. Why would you do that? You can drive, and nobody can stop you, and nobody stops you. You know, do what I you mean, do great. I mean, look at the percentages. Isn't, right. it, isn't it better to shoot a layup in a, or a dunk than a 15, 20-footer? That's exactly right. Nobody stops And, him. I mean, they could not stop him. You know, but it's one thing about when, but when they did uh, double him and he would pass it out to the three yep. corners, yep. those guys got to knock it down. Man. That's right. That's right. And unfortunately, a lot of times they did not like it. No. I mean, man, I wish that Cook Hall was there when I was playing. <laughs> I, mean, I shot fifty six percent from the field, Jeez. and I mean that's shooting jumpers inside, jump hooks, and all that kind of yep. stuff. If I had. The chance to go to a cook hall, like whenever I was bored or whatever, and hook up the gun, work on and work on my jumper. Man, I would have been shooting like sixty five percent. And that's with a wet J, right? And my J was wet, man. (laughs) (laughs) What'd you think of the boilers? What'd you think of the boilers, LT? The boilers were very upsetting. I mean. You're one seed, and then you then you go in the first game and get yeah. put out. I mean, come on, did man! You, did you see? Did you get a chance to watch some of it? Most of it? I mean, I, I mean, I have a, on my TV where I could put okay. four squares. Yeah, so, so you're... I had CBS, TV. I had all of yep. them, all, so I was watching everything. So bits and pieces. Yeah, yeah, a little but, disappointing, yeah. but you know, as much of I was at the game, LT. I was at the game watching the Boilers, and uh, I was embedded with the Spartans. They they invited me to come over, and uh, I was at the. I I love Tom. Yep, yeah. So I was at the Purdue game, and you could just feel the the tension. And I said this yesterday on the show. You could feel the tension in the building. And honest to God, LT, uh, I felt bad. They, I felt bad for Purdue. Fletcher Lawyer is a kid from my town. They're they're freshmen. Uh, right. He's a kid from my hometown, and I and I know his family very well. To be honest with you, I was I was rooting for Purdue. I do root for Purdue. I like Painter. I like their play. I just felt bad because um, I could feel the tension, but they the matchup was just such a problem for them. I mean, you think about your teams. Um, when you played, there were just certain teams that it just wasn't a great matchup uh, for you guys. But uh, I honestly felt bad but, for but Purdue. That, but that's when coaching comes in. Yeah, I know. I know. You need you need to you need to make adjustments. I mean, yeah. that's one thing about you. When you were coaching, I mean, you made great adjustments. I mean, that that's what a coach is supposed to do because you, there, there's not going to be it's not going to be even every time you play someone. Yep. You're going to have to make adjustments. If the one guy, like I mean, if one guy is smaller and quicker, or whatever, that's where adjustments come in. 
And I mean, sometimes, I, I mean, I was kind of thinking in my mind, these guys, these guys from Miami are way quicker than a lot of our guys. So I, I was thinking, well, maybe, maybe we need to go into a two, three hours, some kind of zone. You know, I, you know, because and just force them to shoot those jump shots with a hand in their face or something. That was just my thoughts. I don't know if you would have made that adjustment, right, or not. But I mean, I don't want to call anybody out, but I, somebody could not play any D and was getting <laughs> no. every time I looked up. And that's right. That's right. That's uh, we've all yeah, been in those scenarios. Yeah. I mean, you can't you can't have you know, Trace to be there to help out and block you know block a shot when, whenever the person go around your man or whatever. But then that leaves his man wide open to grab an offensive rebound and lay it back up or dunk it. That's exactly right. They gave. A, I mean, it was a plus eighteen. I mean, Indiana lost plus That's eighteen. Terrible. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Landon, last thing on my end, we got the Indiana High School basketball state finals. This weekend at Gamebridge Fieldhouse, obviously you played at Arsenal Tech. Your, your favorite memories from high school hoops there at Tech and then just the importance of this state and at that level in particular uh, for the young student-athletes, whether they are pursuing scholarships or they're just being a part of their communities representing them. Well, I believe, I mean, no. No, my my greatest memory was winning probably, was probably winning the uh, city tournament my junior year, we won the city. I mean, the city was real tough back then to win the city playing in Hinkle Fieldhouse. I always loved playing in Hinkle Fieldhouse. And, but, you know, but uh, you know, uh, my senior year, we, we lost in the semi-state to uh, Muncie Central. That was heartbreaking. I thought that we had the team to, to win the state. And to not win it, uh, it, it was heartbreaking. And uh, But I think these guys should just go out and play their butts off because – so, and with some of these guys, they may not be recruited. Yeah, they may not go to uh, another college and play ball. So they need to go out there and play their butts off and play as hard as they can, and and possibly put a W in their cap. You know, that's what it's all about. It's all about winning because that is what it's all about winning. And I mean, you, you it's a whole lot of sacrifice has to be made to be able to get that W. I mean, there's summer. There's a summer you need to be working out. I mean, during during practice, you need to be working your butt off. Like, like when I used to come to practice, Dane used to work his butt out. Dane didn't want anybody scoring on him. That's true, that LT. That guy would play some defense on your butt. He didn't want you to score at all. I no matter who it is, his <laughs> teammate, opposition, or whatever. That's that was the mentality that everybody has to have. That's that's a winning mentality. Tell him, LT. So, hey man, you, you were the man. <laughs> you were the man. So oh, I'm yeah. just saying that, you know, these guys just need to go out there and play the hardest because, you know, I mean, that's what it's all about, winning. That's what it's all about. It's going to be a thrilling weekend at Gambridge Fieldhouse. Always fun to talk to you, LT. Thank you so much for making time for us today. Oh, LT, awesome. We got to do this Man, again. I love you all. Anytime you want me on the show, just just, just talk to my boy, D. You know, Dane Fife, and uh, I'll, be, I'll be here. That's my guy. Thanks, LT. All right, you all be cool. Have a nice show. Yes, sir. It's Landon Turner. Nice enough to take some time with us. That's great. I need LT on every time. He gasses me up, makes me feel good about myself. I feel like I come in here, and you guys never make me feel like LT just made me feel. Oh, that's a lie. And he's always talking to you up. I talked you up yesterday. (laughs) You did? I did. We talked on the phone for 15 minutes. Uh Uh-oh. 
I don't. I don't think you ever told me how awesome I was. Oh, okay. I'm not going to be that nice to you. Gosh. But I'll be nice. Well, anybody can be nice now. We don't. We don't no, want it. True. We 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 hear the work ethic and the just intensity. We don't want to just hand it to you. That's we want true. You, we want you, we want you to work for everything. It. Should be earned in yeah, this studio. Exactly. But I automatically take you guys on my beach volleyball team. No questions asked. You I mean, we understand any... we might be cut. It's fine. No. You didn't ask any questions about our coach. It's a three. That's true. That is true. It's a three-man team, guys. We didn't say, nah, we're not pl- we're not playing unless we get rid of the player coach <laughs> issue we got here. We we accepted it right in, right in the flame. Yeah, well, you know where the money's gonna come from. <laughs> How about LT saying, I need a little credit. I he deserve a little it. cash oh, yeah. for my jump hook. You would need to go to whoever you go to copyright the uh the uh Porter John. Uh Portal John. Portal John, yeah. When you go to Go ahead and uh, trademark that. You need to go get some litigation there for, for LT as well. That was beautiful. The legend, Landon Turner. Always good to catch up Gosh, with him. Gosh, he's awesome. We're going to take a quick break. We come back. More on the Pacers' loss to the Hornets last night. We'll dive deeper into that with Alex Golden, who covered it at the top of the hour. Plus, Isaiah McKenzie got some speed, got some nice, in general, yards per catch. We'll look into that if it matters at all for that wide receiver room for the Colts on the other side here on The Fan. You on the drums? Life is full of things to manage. Your work, your family, your plans, and your treatment. Consider Kesimpta, Ofatumumab 20 milligram injection. You can take it yourself from the comfort of home. If you're ready for something different, ask your healthcare provider about Kesimpta and check out the details at kesimpta.com. Brought to you by Novartis Pharmaceuticals Corporation. Welcome back to Dealing Together. First caller? I bought three sweaters to get the fourth free. Oh, you got fleeced. Next caller? I traded my old Samsung at AT AT&T for a new Samsung Galaxy S24 Plus and chose my plan. That's not a bad deal. It is not. Our best smartphone deals. Your choice of plan. Learn how to get the new Samsung Galaxy S24 Plus with Galaxy AI on us with eligible trade-in. AT&T. Connecting changes everything. Offers vary by device. Subject to change. S24 plus 256 gigabyte offer available for a limited time. Terms and restrictions apply. See att.com slash Samsung for details. Take Jimmy home tonight. Yeah. I don't want to let him go till you see the light. Is this what we're walking out Take to? Take Jimmy as home a, tonight. As a pickleball and or beach volleyball team? I'm not pickleballing. Pickleball, you can't play with three people. I want the three of us out on that floor together or court or yeah, but sand. Then, but then all you have to do is coach for the same amount of money. I want to play. You want to play. Okay. Like Pete Rose, player coach. I like it. How uh, maybe Ken Griffey? Ah, other player coaches. Bill Russell. William Russell. Do they illegally bet on us while you're at it? Ooh. <laughs> do they? Uh, the um, under five vertical jump league. Yeah. Under five centimeter vertical jump league. If they, if they do it for they, they if they do it for table tennis, they'll do it for the under five vertical jump. Uh, Speedo league. Speedo league. Yep. I agree with Landon. We need to transition quickly. We need to figure out a, a different realm. I don't appreciate LT. I think he was referring to you guys in a Speedo. I think I look good in a Speedo. You can still rep the Speedo in pickleball if you'd like to, but uh, we'll be just traditional. See, some wear. people like a washboard abs. I got a washboard, oh. well, fanny, if there you, you will. <laughs> it's a washboard fanny. <laughs> and really he's usually f- driving us. I'm going I'm to take the boat. I'm going to. Really flat. I'm going to turn us real quick. Turn us. Colts bring in Isaiah McKenzie. You look at what the move does. It, it's a veteran wide receiver. Chappie emphasized that, but averages about 10 yards per play. He's a speedster. I believe he's 28, if not mistaken. So there is veteran of five seasons, but on top of that, 
has still that speed and game wrecking ability that you'd like to see in a wide receiver that's likely going to be asked to be your third or fourth option, depending on how things shake up. I'm just camp. always interested in the dynamic of GM and or guy that makes the ultimate decision, the dynamic between the GM and the head coach, the relationship as it relates to bringing in the right player yeah. to fit what the head coach wants to do. I just would really be curious how much say that head coach Shane Steichen has on bringing in a wide receiver like McKenzie or whoever they bring in. I think for any successful franchise, it, it is a bit of a yin and yang, but there's also that trust factor, like we joked about with our uh, with our uh, sports group that we're trying to form right here with you, me, and Eddie. There has to be a trust to let people do their jobs. Yes. But also taking into account, this is what I want to run. This is the style that I want to play. Go find me a guy that can get that and bring that in, just an easy punch into the equation. But there has to be trust there. Yeah, yeah. and then you know, then you get into team dynamics. Yeah. How is a guy that's gosh, I can't imagine bringing in some of the guy, just some of the salaries some of these these skill position players make, and the egos. There should be one ego on the team. That's the head coach. But then when you get into football, the only other ego that can exist is usually the QB. Now you bring in some uh, the, the 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 egos of skill position players fascinate me. Besides yeah. quarterback, you can have all the egos you want, but somebody's going to have to sacrifice at the end of the day. And, and that's where point, we're at as a beach volleyball team. Yes, I would agree. This ego is mine. I'm steering this ship, man. When we get out on the vet beach volleyball yep. court, I decide what color we're wearing. I decide the color of our uniforms, color of our uh, undergarment, and it's my show. But back to the Colts. You got it, Coach. <laughs> That's Dane Five. I'm Jimmy Cook. We're going to step aside. Alex Golden of Setting the Pace going to take some time with us. We'll get his thoughts on the Pacers' loss to the Hornets that kind of unraveled quick for the Sirs and look at where things are at from his projection side as they now fall three games back on the loss side of that final, 10th and final spot in the play-in tournament. Alex Golden, Setting the Pace, joins the Fan Midday Show after this. Life is full of things to manage. Your work, your family, your plans, and your treatment. Consider Kesimpta, Ofatumumab 20 milligram injection. You can take it yourself from the comfort of home. If you're ready for something different, ask your healthcare provider about Kesimpta and check out the details at kesimpta.com. Brought to you by Novartis Pharmaceuticals Corporation. Welcome back to Dealing Together. First caller? I bought three sweaters to get the fourth free. Oh, you got fleeced. Next caller? I traded my old Samsung at AT&T for a new Samsung Galaxy S24 Plus and chose my plan. That's not a bad deal. It is not. Our best smartphone deals. Your choice of plan. Learn how to get the new Samsung Galaxy S24 Plus with Galaxy AI on us with eligible trade-in. AT&T. Connecting changes everything. Offers vary by device. Subject to change. S24 plus 256 gigabyte offer available for a limited time. Terms and restrictions apply. See att.com slash Samsung for details. switched it you know had they added that little whistle underneath the track that was nice that was good did it sound good yeah oh i figured it was a pleasant surprise i figured senator todd meyer would have <laughs> would have texted us and said, knock that off well, quit eating quit whistling who's whistling there's still time have you got one of those today i've not, not yet, yet. he must be time. sleeping i'd say he's hard at work he never sleeps you know he's work you know he's the listening. grind is very real Alex Golden going to join us to setting the pace here in just a second. Setting the pace. What a pun. No. I mean, we've, we, we've already had your uh, Portal John 
And now you got to say in the pace. Anytime you get alliterations, anytime you get catchy names. That's what they're called. That's what you need. That's what you need. It's good. Alex Golem, nice enough to take some time with us. Alex, we kind of know the story to this point, but anytime you see a quote like from Coach Rick Carlisle that each ensuing quarter we played a little worse, that's that's <laughs> that's not not what you want uh, when you're trying to make a final push towards the uh, the play-in tournament. No, not at all. I mean, I was I was kind of surprised to see the Pacers blow that game last night, especially with how they started things off. It felt like this was going to be a slam dunk win, and really just a, a really a bad loss, maybe one of the worst losses of the season, if wow. not the worst, considering considering where they're at if they're trying to make the play-in because Chicago getting a, a win in double overtime against Philadelphia, a team that had won eight straight. That's a, that's a tough pill to swallow, and there's not a lot of time left, only 10 games left to try to make up about three games difference there, so it's a, it's a tough one there. Do you have a lean for what you want to see at this point? I know we're finally down to seven games now, and I've asked you that a couple of different times in the last couple of months of where you and I are at. I've said, and I, I know this isn't the popular take among the franchise, that's not what they're working towards. I, I'd want more ping pong balls. Regrettably, we're running out of time for it really to matter. The increase of ping pong balls from one spot to the next with where they're at the final seven isn't that great but then you still have the playing on the table three back now of Chicago as you look at this team as you look at last night's performance you look at the rest of the schedule do you want to see that push and are they capable of that type of push to close the year and maybe end on a positive note slash squeak into the playing game this team all season long has played to the level of their competition they can go in Milwaukee you know, without Tyrese Halliburton and beat the Bucks by 20 points and then go to Charlotte and a team that's the, one of the worst teams in the NBA and, and lose that game. So I think this team is capable of, you know, turning it on, I guess you could say, but they've just been too inconsistent to really say that you trust them to do it. So I understand what you're saying with the ping pong balls, and I agree. I think that is what's best for the franchise moving forward. I've been pretty strong in that stance, and I think – Coming into the season, everybody felt that same way, probably even the organization themselves. But, you know, it's 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 never a bad thing for young players to get even just a play-in game experience. But I think next year we'll probably see them in the play-in at minimum. I think they have a chance to make the playoffs next year just because I like their roster and I like the flexibility they have moving forward. But for the rest of the season, I think that it's, it's a tough schedule. Uh, I think they have three more uh, games on the road on this road trip than they're back home, but their competition's not getting any easier. So uh, I think that if you look at the rest of their schedule, they're probably only pre- predicted to win one game, and that's probably the last home game of the year against Detroit. So it's going to be hard for them to, to really get enough wins to get into the play-in. Alex, I want to I want to fast forward a little bit to the brink of the looming or upcoming season next year. And let's say, uh, because I'm not sure when I'll be back on here, if ever. I know that uh, Jimmy and I have been butting heads and Eddie's uh, feeling a bit uh, uncomfortable with me around. But what, my question is this. When when you're at the, the onset of next season, looking back, things to avoid, pitfalls to avoid, maybe aside from injuries, but you can throw injuries in there. I look at things like uh, there was a little bit of Miles Turner, maybe a lot of Miles Turner drama. What things need to be avoided uh, if you could put yourself uh, in the future? You could be uh, 
a little uh, Doc Brown or a Marty McFly and put yourself in the future and kind of target the pitfalls that the Pacers went through this year. What things need to change uh, in order to have a better Pacer squad next year? Well, I think we got to start things off on the defensive side of things. This Pacers team has been a bad defensive team. Uh, and Rick Carlisle is known for his defensive team. So that's one of the things that I know that he's emphasizing. He wants this team to get better at, and I think defensively, They've just been bad, and I and I know Miles has had a great year, but the rebounding from the team collectively has been pretty uh, pretty pathetic. I would say, you know, you, you'll have moments where they where they have good rebounding games, but it just feels like they're not consistently good enough on the glass. So, if you if you allow the other team to get extra opportunities when you're already a bad defensive team, you know, you're not going to get a lot of victories. We know offensively, this team is able to put points on the board. They've been doing it all year long. I think one thing that's going to help them defensively is getting getting a wing or two that's you know a starter level wing, not not a bench level guy that can play starters minutes when you're down two or three different players. But I think they need to solidify that starting small forward power forward position and, and really address it. I mean, I guess Neesmith has played good enough this year as maybe a, a small ball four that you maybe feel comfortable with him at the three moving forward, but you still need to address one of your four positions just because it's the lack of size. Yeah, you can you can make it work for a little bit, but I think at the end of the day, through an 82-game season, you can't play four guards in a center and expect to really be a competitive playoff team. Hey, don't tell that to, to some of these college teams, pal. <laughs> I don't want to name yeah. squads, but there's a couple local ones. <laughs> Alex Gold is saying the pace, taking some time with us. To kind of build off Dane's question, Alex, that's been known for a while throughout his coaching tenure that two of the biggest things that Rick Carlisle emphasizes are not only the way you operate underneath defensive principles, but your effort and the amount that you're willing to give on that side of the ball. We know he has the ability to coach up and get that out of players, but when you look at just some of the injuries they've dealt with this season, you look at, in general, the different advanced metrics of this team, whether it's plus minus, whatever you want to look at, why is there a reason for optimism that adding even just one extra starting level forward or one extra mm, Trace there, Jackson Davis <laughs> that, that that overall the team would be able to to regel uh and and improve drastically in an area that has faulted them so far this year. Yeah, I think you have to start at the head of the snake, and that's Tyrese Halliburton. I mean, what he's done in year three of his NBA career, his first year being the point guard. I mean, he's an all-star. He's in the conversation. I think it's probably not so much now with all the injuries, but had he played 65-plus games, I think you can put him in the case for all-NBA team. I mean, that's how good of a player Tyrese Halliburton is, and that's how much he elevates this Pacers team because if you have a good point guard – that can create his own shot, but also get others involved. Not only is it going to make your going to make players want to come play in Indiana, and that's something that we haven't seen before. So, I think that's a big thing here. But you got to look at the rest of the roster. I mean, Miles Turner he's only 27 years old now, so I mean he's still in his prime. Benedict Mathern, his rookie year has been phenomenal, and I think people are kind of skipping on it a little bit because he's been injured. Maybe he hasn't had. The, the star-like numbers that some of these other rookies are starting to put up now, but we have such recency bias and overlooking what guys did early on because he's been pretty good all year. And then Andrew Nimhart, a guy like that, comes in real defensive-minded, pass first point guard that can play off ball as well. And I think 
what he's done defensively as a rookie is so impressive that he feels like a long-term piece with this four. And I think you have some building blocks here to, to build off of, but you've already got your guy in Tyrese. And I think a lot of teams are missing that, but the Pacers have that. Now they just need to go out there and find more pieces to fill in some of the holes and, no, they're not a championship-level team by just making one move to get a starting power forward. But I think that they're heading in the right direction of becoming a playoff team again that could compete in a first round. Now, we still want to see this team get past that. But I just feel like this is year two of the of the rebuild, and it definitely feels like they're ahead of schedule. So with with the way Tyrese has played this year, though, it feels like the sky's the limit for what he can become just being, I believe he's only 21, 22 years old. So that that's really exciting. Alex, earlier today, Dane, rightfully so, and I'm right there with him going to bat for the NBA prospect ability of one Trace Jackson Davis. Assuming the Pacers keep all three, would you be over the moon, happy, excited, indifferent if tread, he winds up in the blue and gold? Tread lightly, Alex. Yeah, tread Dave, very, Dave very well might jump through the phone. So just be, be careful on that. No, no I've, I'm actually pretty high on Trace with my projections. I have him actually at like 22, 23, that a where baby. I have my, my big board. I think that Trace, he has improved so much since Mike Woodson got to IU, and you can just tell uh, the development from him, the passing ability out of the post. Uh, the one thing that I think with Rick Carlisle he would probably not like about trades is zero three-point attempts all season long because Carlisle likes to fire the three. But, you know, we don't see anything like that from Isaiah Jackson. I just think that you need a good rebounder. I think Trace can do that. Trace is a really good rim protector as well. He's got a great feel for the game. His hands are massive. I think that he's going to be a, an impactful player wherever he's drafted. I just think that the Pacers – well, he could make some sense because there's a lot of things that I like about his game. I just I wonder if the the lack of shooting is something that they they look away from, and do they think he could play with Miles? I think there's maybe some potential there, but I just want to see I just want to see Trace go to a good good team wherever he's at, and be able to be plugged in and play the right way, and not kind of you know pigeonholed or forced into something that isn't going to maximize his talent. But I think. The growth we saw from him from a freshman to a senior at IU, I mean, uh, you were there last year, Dane, watching it. I mean, you can just tell the work ethic that this kid has. He's he's going to be a special player, I think. I couldn't agree with you more. That's that's uh, You're one of the first people, or you're the first person I've really heard say that. That's And, and I know you're paying attention pretty closely, but – I just yeah. I, and and I still think his ceiling. He's got a ton of room to grow. Does Trace and I was arguing with somebody yesterday on Twitter. Uh, he said because uh, I compared him to a smaller Sabonis. Um, yep. <laughs> he said, but he can't shoot. And, and my question, and I said this. I said, how do you know? And well, I guess you make a good point. And and we were just talking to Landon Turner, former Hoosier great, who said, why would he shoot when he can drive it and nobody stops him? And, and my point to this, you know, you get him up in that level where he focuses on one thing. And if, if you want him to become a great shooter, I don't know that it'll be that, but he'll definitely be a serviceable shooter. I can vouch for that. He, he's 70% from the free throw line. And you get him to focus on one thing because that's what they do at the, the NBA level. They really narrow zero in on certain aspects based on what you're capable of. I think this guy, I really say this, this isn't just the uh, – I don't know if you call it a cliche, Jimmy, but the sky's the limit for this guy. His ceiling is not 
he has not touched his ceiling yet. Yeah, Alex, to that end, how much would that change your evaluation if, to Dane's point, he's able to show a little bit of a mid-range game, a little bit of a, a catch and shoot, maybe not from, from a corner three, but just in general, show his ability with a jumper? What, what does that change in terms of what a team could be getting if he's able to add that or, or display that uh, at the next level? Yeah, I mean, I think that it could boost him up a little bit in terms of where he's drafted. I think that so many people are so focused on shooting and the fact that he's older. I think that sometimes we NBA people overlook all that stuff uh, and, and over overemphasize. Yeah, well, right. you know, he's not a freshman; he's a he's a senior, so we can't take him this early because he's too old. I mean, they made the no. same thing for Chris Duarte, and he came right in and helped the Pacers right away because. Good defender at Oregon, and he's a good shooter. And you can plug and play that person right away. Now, I agree. He does have a lot of Sabonis-like tendencies. I think he's probably a better defender than DeMontis Sabonis is, but probably not the same passer and probably not the same screen setter uh, at, that, at that level because DeMontis is pretty in, uh, pretty special at that. But, you know, I think that with Trace and his work ethic, we've seen how much he's improved. If focusing on a shot is really all he has to do, I think there is a lot of uh, – excitement with that. Now, the Pacers recently had a guy uh, by the name of Terry Taylor that they let go of Mm -hmm. uh, to make the Jordan Ward trade happen, and Terry Taylor was an undersized big at Austin PA that was just known for rebounding and a good feel for the game. I think you can kind of say Trace is a much better version of that, and that's not even a knock on Terry, because I really like Terry's potential as as an NBA player, but I just think that there's, there's something special about Trace when I watch him play. He just you could tell it means a lot to him. He loves the game of basketball, and you know he carried this IU team. Yeah, he did. Getting tri- getting triple teamed like he did half the time, being able to play through that, even even in the bad games when he had high turnovers and stuff like that. Uh, he the best thing about him, I will say, is he allowed Mike Woodson to to coach him. Very coachable kid, and I think that is what will make him a great NBA prospect. Is just because he's willing to learn and he's got the ability to get better yeah you know, it's funny uh when i was there um you know a couple people uh i don't i don't even name names it's just like well how, how did you get him i work for izzo so i learned how to have those kind of d- do the certain things to get kind of get guys moving a little bit and get get through to them and guys are like well how did how did you get him to do well I, I i guess i just asked him to do it and he did it, but that speaks to your point that he's allowing himself to be coached. And that's what I told Izzo. I was with Michigan State this weekend up in, over in Columbus at the NCAA tournament, and he was asking about Trace. And I said, "Most coachable kid I've ever had the pleasure of coaching." Really, really. And I, I just, I continued to say that that uh, for whatever reason, um, he took coaching from me. And you mentioned he took coaching from the the head coach, and uh, he's he's gotten better. Uh, hey, so Alex, you got to talk to us. So, how is your NCAA bracket shaping up? Oh, it's it's. I still got my championship game alive. I got three of my final four, but uh, who are those? I've got Gonzaga, Houston, and Alabama. I got Houston winning it all against Alabama wow. in the championship. So. That, that's what I went with. Now, my Purdue bracket's pretty busted. I am not a Purdue fan, so I had them losing in the Sweet 16 to Duke. But, but Duke got beat by Tennessee, and then Marquette, they got out pretty early, too. So that, that yeah, uh, Remind us, who beat Marquette? Oh. I can't. Uh... Michigan State, that's right. <laughs> hey, look, if you're going to live in this state, 
if you want to maintain your happiness and sense of peacefulness, just be a Spartan fan. It's okay. Join me. No. Oh, man. No, I mean, I, Tom Izzo has a seventh seed. I should have known better. But yeah. uh, I, got, I got Creighton in the Elite Eight. I, I really like what Creighton's done this year. Yeah. Yep. I got UConn versus Gonzaga, so I've still got about you're still alive, feeling good, a lot. But it, I'm still just disappointed. I mean, I thought I had some big upsets. I thought Texas A&M might do something. They were a disappointment. So, you know, Iowa State they disappointed as well. I just felt like the Big Twelve disappointed me in the in the picks I had with them this year. So, hey. can't trust the Big Twelve. Well, be glad you didn't stake your claim with the Big Ten because they're one of eight. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I know. I had IU winning against uh, – I didn't have to beat Miami. I actually had Drake beat Miami. I didn't think IU would actually match up well against Miami, so I was hoping that we could avoid that matchup. But, uh, so yeah, you got IU get beat. <laughs> because I want to avoid the IU-Miami matchup. So. <laughs> Just have somebody else beat Miami. <laughs> yeah, no, hey, there's no shame in that. Alex, switching to Purdue uh, for just a second. I know we talked a ton about Trace Jackson Davis. Uh What's the future for Zach Eady? I mean, obviously, if he comes back for another year, then, I mean, that, that is the answer to that question. But if he doesn't, what do you see, if any, a spot for him in the league or at the next level somewhere? Yeah, I mean, it, it, it's tough with Zach just because I feel like the way the NBA is playing with, with you know, pace and space, yeah. he's going to get put in pick and roll to death like we saw Fairleigh Dickinson do to him. And, you know, I was a little bit surprised that Matt Painter didn't go to a zone with Zach Eady out there to try to avoid as much pick and roll as they put him in. And I think Zach Eady, while he is a force down low, uh, I don't know if he'll be able to be that much of a force in the NBA just because of the pace and space. I think the best thing for Zach Eady is probably to go back to Purdue for one more year, in my personal opinion, because you're never going to be able to, like, have the glory days of college ever again. So just enjoy because – he comes back, they've got a legit chance to be top of the Big Ten once again. So I, I think it makes sense for, for him to go back and then see if that helps in a weaker draft class in 2024 because if he gets drafted, it's probably going to be in the 45 to 60 range. Uh, 45 is probably being kind. So I, I just don't think that there's going to be a lot of teams just ready to you know knock down the door to bring Edie in, no matter how big he is. It's just The NBA doesn't really play that way anymore. Right. He doesn't really have an outside shot. So uh, you know, I just think maybe one more year at Purdue, if they go on a big run, then that could increase his draft stock as well, and maybe he could become a little bit more versatile than just this big guy down low that's got a pretty good touch around the rim. Well, what surprised you more? Uh, an NBA team rolls the dice on Zach Eady and it pans out, or Jalen hood Shafino returns for one more year? I can't believe you. <laughs> one of the more surprised probably than Zach Eady. Uh, yeah. I mean, personally for me, I think Coach Shafino had a really awesome game against Purdue, scoring 35. And then oh, yeah. I felt like I felt like after that, though, I mean, he played okay, but he didn't play great after that big game. And I just wonder, like, there's been some talk about him being a lottery-level player in this draft, which I can see that because he's got a lot of potential. Me too. Me too. No question. I, I think he's a sure I just, bet. Yeah, I just, I just wonder if he came back one more year at Indiana. Yeah. Could that elevate him into the top five for next year's wow. draft class? I think, I think five to eight, maybe because we've heard how weak this twenty twenty four class. Eddie is. mentioned that earlier. Yep, yep. Yeah, I, I believe that that could happen. Now with the NIL, I'm getting money. Maybe that doesn't entice him to come back. But I think NBA guaranteed money. It's going to be hard to turn that down. Right. I mean, it's. Uh, I compared it yesterday on our podcast that we did talking about uh, Jalen Vichapino and why I would be interested in him coming back another year. 
it's a Romeo Langford situation because Romeo got drafted to Boston, didn't really get on the floor very much. Now he got traded to San Antonio last year, and he's hardly seen the floor there now. And who knows what's going to happen with his NBA career. So I just feel like uh, they're not the same player, but at the same time, both freshmen, maybe they, maybe they came out a little bit too early. I don't know. I just think that sometimes the college experience – it's a little bit devalued, and I think it should be more valued because I think you can learn a lot uh, by playing an extra year in college. This is how we've kind of closed out these conversations seven games from now. Where are the Pacers at? They play in or they close strong and, and, and just miss and they're in the lottery? Or they'll be in the lottery yeah, anyway, I, but you know what I mean. Yeah, no, I think they're probably going to have the seventh worst record in the NBA. I don't think that they're going to be able to have a, uh, a worse record than Portland or Orlando and the other uh, – four teams above them, Charlotte, Detroit, Houston, and San Antonio. But I think right there at seven makes a lot of sense for them. And we've seen teams that have had the seventh best odds uh, jump up to number one. That's what happened with the Pelicans when they got Zion. So you just have to cross your fingers and hope the Pacers get lucky. He's Alex Golden of Setting the Pace, making some time for us. Alex, always appreciate your work. Thanks again for stopping by. Thanks, Alex. I appreciate it. Thank you all. You can follow Alex on Twitter. As well, at Alex Golden NBA, again, host of Setting the Pace, part of the Blue Wire Podcast Network. I will say this. If I was a prospect and you have everybody in your ear, regardless of where you're playing at, but I felt like I was in that 20, 18 to 20 range, and everybody's telling me, hey, you know what? That draft class next year, you're better than everybody there. You get to live one more year at a high-level program. Enjoy it again. Enjoy the college ranks with NIL here. Without Trace Jackson Davis. Do you how much Without how Race much Thompson? that how much that impact a, what, a whole it, new it, team? I mean, I know it's a whole new team, yeah. but him I know it's gonna be him and you mentioned this off air, him and Xavier Johnson would likely be having to I don't want to say somebody's gonna have to make a sacrifice there yeah, in terms of And I of, think it's gonna be Xavier Johnson. And but but Xavier Johnson needs the ball. He needs the ball in his yeah. hands. But so does Jalen Hushfino. For different reasons, I and mean, they're both really good players, but I, I I don't even worry about the Xavier Johnson issue as much as I worry about the big issue at Indiana. So when we talk about Jalen Hutchfino, whether he should go pro or not, you take the guarantee, and the guarantee means if you're going lottery, if you're going top twenty, if you're going guaranteed sure. money in the NBA, that's tough to pass up. And I think nine out of ten kids, ten out of ten kids, come into it saying, "I want to get to the NBA as fast as possible," because you're not guaranteed. Period. You're not guaranteed year after year. Now, the likelihood of him, God forbid, getting hurt is very slim. But the likelihood of him having being in this position to where he can go lottery is a great scenario for him. How much does NIL change that, if at all? I, I don't think for a guy like Jalen Hutch, if doesn't, he doesn't change okay. it at all. Now, if you're thinking, all right, I'm going to go top 15 or top, top 17 and I can go top 5, I think that's too big of a risk okay. based on the fact that you're essentially going to have a whole new basketball team coming back. You're not like Jalen Hood. Chavino is a good guard. He'll be a good NBA player. I think he'll probably end up potentially. He could potentially become an all-star. Now the issues, not an electric athlete. He doesn't possess unbelievable athletic attributes like He's not an elite jumper. He's not super quick. He's not super fast. He's kind of an old school New York guard. You know, he, he's not slow. 
He's big. He's strong. He's crafty. He's clever. He can stick the three. He's serviceable. He what what he does best is he comes off the ball screen. He makes good decisions and he defends. And so with that, I see the Jalen Hood has put himself in the best position possible. If I were to if I were to gauge it or put a percentage on it, he's in the best position possible right now as it relates to his NBA status. Time to cash the chips in. Cash them in. Okay. Stain Fife, I'm Jimmy Cook. We're gonna take a quick break. We come back. How should we measure success? Over the course of an entire regular season versus what happens in the postseason. We'll get Dane's thoughts on that, plus some bets still to come as well. It's the Fan Midday Show, 93.5107.5 The Fan. Welcome back to the Fan Midday Show. Life is full of things to manage. Your work, your family, your plans, and your treatment. Consider Kesimpta, Ofatumumab 20 milligram injection. You can take it yourself from the comfort of home. If you're ready for something different, ask your healthcare provider about Kesimpta. And check out the details at kesimpta.com. Brought to you by Novartis Pharmaceuticals Corporation. Welcome back to Dealing Together. First caller? I bought three sweaters to get the fourth free. Oh, you got fleeced. Next caller? I traded my old Samsung at AT&T for a new Samsung Galaxy S24 Plus and chose my plan. That's not a bad deal. It is not. Our best smartphone deals. Your choice of plan. Learn how to get the new Samsung Galaxy S24 Plus with Galaxy AI on us with eligible trade-in. AT&T. Connecting changes everything. Offers vary by device. Subject to change. S24 plus 256 gigabyte offer available for a limited time. Terms and restrictions apply. See att.com slash Samsung for details. Jimmy Cook and Dane Fife, Eddie Garrison guiding us through all afternoon. What was that, Jimmy? Oh, your microphone moved. Was what? Was, you thought, looked at him and then said, my "I mean, name. Eddie." I thought I thought Eddie was a little gassy over there. It was his microphone? No. Hey, Jimmy. Oh, trust me, you'd know. Oh, smell may not hear me. Hey, my question is this: What? Let's just, for the sake of debate, how much time we have, Eddie? Got about fifteen here. 15 seconds? Minutes? Oh. Hours? We're used to that after yesterday. For what? Centaurs? Let's just say for the sake of argument, Jimmy and Dane and Eddie joined forces in this studio. What would our name be? Like group name, show name? Are yeah, we doing a team band? Name. What are we doing? Team name. Band name. Fife's All-Stars, I think. Really? Yeah. Wow. <laughs> I don't I don't know if Jimmy's ego could handle that, Eddie. <laughs> I'm surprised he'd go out of his way to include your name in the title. That's true. Not just include. It's it's top Jimmy, billing, baby. I think Jimmy's really kind of kissing up to the player coach here. Doing what I can. Look for extra minutes in a three-team squad that has no bench. Hey, Jimmy, I can't bench you. <laughs> the five stars? The five stars. That's good, too. Man. like it a lot. I think it's too much me, not enough us. That's, that's big of you. Yeah, it is. <laughs> it takes a lot to, to, to be willing to, to say that. I think we should call our team name Journey. You think that's pretty unique? Journey. That's good stuff. Thank you. No one else has that. I like it. <laughs> we talked about going to break, how you measure and the evaluation you put into postseason shortcomings versus the entire body of work yeah. of a regular season. Now, on the one hand, it is different drastically so based on the program you're talking about, right? Like as an Indiana fan, as an Indiana alum, as an Indiana player. Yeah. It, you think it, they should win every year. Yeah, I mean, I would like right. them. To, I'm not, yeah. I'm not as, uh, like, uh, but... Well, what Michigan State does is they do win every year. That's the difference. Go ahead. Sure. You digress. I mean, I'm, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna besmirch the name of Thomas. I'm not. You can't. I'm not well, gonna, it's a fact. I mean, they they win. They have consistent success in the current to tournament. Also, but if your line of measurement is well, they didn't win at all. Therefore, it's a failure. They've done that once since he's been. I'm not there. gonna take that crap from you, Jimmy. 
So that that's that's what we get into, right? Yeah. You look at Indiana, the fan base, the expectations are where they are. You look at a place like Purdue. Yeah. Phenomenal season. Weren't picked to be where they were to start the season. Not by most, but picked by me. Okay. So, I, I had them as the winner. And I and I appreciate you clarifying that. A second just, place behind Indiana. Wow. So you take all that into account, not you, but the larger no, I, national I, population I surprised by account. what happened. Yes. Where do you draw the line of like obviously that is historically it's a historic bad loss. Yes. That is going to forever. And if you're in the IU and Purdue like fan chats, like family members that are Purdue friends or IU fans who like to dance on one another's grave, that's fine. That that's the top. Right. Like that 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 is that is the top of regardless of how many Big Ten titles you have, that's always gonna be there. We're talking about fans, not from programs, just fans in that regard. What should the reaction be then though as you get further away from that? Is it a failure of a season because you lost for the second time ever to a 16 seed? One hundred percent absolutely not. In no way, shape, or form should this be a failure for Purdue uh when you measure the body of the season, when you look at the body of the season. Won the Big Ten, and it wasn't close. Um, they got caught with a bad matchup. Now, moving forward, this is going to be a tremendous learning lesson because of the shock value. This is going to be a great learning lesson for Matt Painter and his staff and his team. And when you bring this group back, if they can stick together with Zach Eady, you've got the makings of a great year next year. And I'm talking great in every sense of that word, during the preseason, the regular season, the postseason, this is a making of a great elite basketball team, one that's going to end up with a ring. Don't, don't, don't even national title ring. National title. Okay. Purdue, if they stay together, will be the number one team. They will be one of the best teams in the country the whole year consistently, because Matt Painter's dug in right now, trying to figure out what's going on. He's a great coach, not oh, a good yeah. coach. A great coach. Without a doubt. This will be the year that will propel Matt Painter into the Hall of Fame category, into Hall of Fame conversations. I'm making you play a hypothetical role here, but the only other team that's had that happen is Virginia. I did not instantly look at that Virginia team and think to myself, they're going to win it all next year. I mean, I don't do that with a lot of teams because so much of it is the draw. So much of it is matchups. You can do as well as you want to in the regular season. And that's why I separate them at the college level to an extent because – it's a whole different animal when you get into the NCAA it tournament. Is. How how difficult of a mountain is that to climb? Regardless of winning a national title, let's lower the bar for a second. Let's lower the bar to where Purdue fans greatly want to see happen, which is make it back to a Final Four. Say the whole group stays together. How hard is that to come close to what Virginia did, to be at the lowest of lows in the sport and climb all the way to the top or be one of the top four teams next year? Well, this will be the most. This will be the critical time, the most important time right now, when the Purdue players come back and on into possibly early summer, because they are at the lowest of lows. They need to feel this. They need to understand that collectively, not the coach, not the players, all of them collective, collectively got beat. And uh, again, like you said, in one of the worst, uh, best worst upsets in the history of the NCAA tournament, one in sixteen. There's only been one other one, right? And I don't think that's a maybe. Maybe I'm being too overreactionary here. I don't think it's a big leap to say that Fairleigh Dickinson, given all the metrics of their team, given them being one of the smallest teams in D1, to say that's a bigger upset than UMBC over Virginia, even though UMBC clobbered them. I don't think you're taking a big leap to say that is the 
biggest upset in the history of I'd agree with the that. Tournament. I, I do. I think it's the biggest upset in tournament history. I really do. Now, I could also say that Michigan State versus, uh, now as a 15-2, but Michigan State, Middle, Middle Tennessee, State, yeah. I was yeah. part of that staff. We dealt with it. But the difference is, is we were scoring. I mean, we, we scored dang near 100 points. We just couldn't guard anybody. You never saw that kind of fear no, no, on yeah, Michigan exactly. State in that Purdue game. Purdue couldn't do either one. Yeah. They couldn't score. They guarded okay. But they, they didn't guard like Purdue's cape, but they didn't play Purdue defense, uh, which is something they struggled with all year. So I think, as Coach Painter said, they just need to sit in their crap. They need yeah. to sit in it for a while. They need to be able to sit in it, digest it, and get rid of it, and they will learn from it. But the key is, is sticking together, understand that it's a collective deal. It wasn't like the coaches failed the players. Uh, it wasn't like the players necessarily failed the coaches, but there was a failure, and it has to be fixed. And I... <laughs> This is going to be fun. It's going to be fun for me to watch the kind of adjustments that Matt Painter and his staff and his players make because you can bet if they stick together, they'll come out significantly better next year. And all I got to say is watch out because, oh, hey, Magic Johnson, been to buy the commanders. Big Irv, that's a Spartan. We call him Big Irv. Would you like to see uh, Magic Johnson in NFL ownership indifferent to you? I would. Maybe you'd give me a job, huh? There you go. You get, at least you have a tie for tickets. There Game you go. Five, director of ticketing, <laughs> commanders. The other side of the state, we opened the show with this. I kind of want to close it as well. Is it a Neither of these situations are enviable for anybody. Trying to put together a team in a transfer portal vacuum versus trying to pick everybody and the pieces back up from a devastating loss in the first round. Equally challenging on both sides, one harder than the other. Well, I think the portal. Yeah. Going into the portal and, and taking what Indiana's probably going to take. Uh, they got two freshmen coming in, five or six. <laughs> they could take as many as four, maybe five. Who knows? Who knows who's leaving? You know, it's hard. It's hard to um, to even have an idea as to who's leaving. They come up so abruptly. Um, so um, it's just, it's you just have to be careful. You've got to take high character kids, no matter the best character kids. And sometimes the best character kids aren't always the best players. Sometimes they are. You just have to do your research. Is there a call made? And I, I don't know. I'm just asking you. Is there a call made to the previous program, to the coaching staff? There usually is, yep. Um, at and least is that where a I came from. Michigan State, Michigan State, it'd generally be, a, generally be as transparent as possible. Um, but that's the respect we had at Michigan State. Right. And we earned at Michigan State. Uh, I just, I, I don't know. I, I don't know for other programs, but I do know that. Uh, I would be expected as Tom Izzo's assistant to make as many calls as I could get in to get an idea of what kind of player we're dealing with when we decide to uh, take the route of the transfer portal or Portal John. Got the t-shirts ready. Yes. Making phone calls, trying to get all those. It could be our warm-up tops when we play in our beach volleyball game. Maybe you could get, I have no idea what kind of companies do this. If we really want to bring it full circle, uh, you could have a portalette company. Be yes. the sponsor. Ooh. Make it. Make it. Oh gosh! Now you're talking. Yeah. Now we're Jimmy's on gas. fire. Edward. There you go. Eddie's over there, just loving it. He's back. He's having visions of greatness. Eddie, I know. I just see us hoisting the trophy up. Yes. Got to have that It'll goal gold in your mind. I love that. Speedo. Yes. Eddie, we haven't uh, gone your way. Yeah, you've been All quiet over there, today. Eddie. That's horse uh, crap. When, when you look at both Purdue and IU, do you, do you have thoughts on, on both the direction of that and? Like we mentioned earlier, you can hit on that as well, the emphasis on the one-game sample size of what determines a successful or failure season. I think it's just interesting because we all know that you guys have already talked about that IU is going to have to hit up the transfer portal, and you 
to me, the interesting part in all this, Dane, and you can talk about this as a coach, is you have guys on your roster currently that you've recruited and that you have said, hey, this is what we envision for you. This is our expectation. This is what we see, you know, kind of year one, but then year two, here's this because X player is leaving, Y player is leaving. But then you have the season that you do, and you go out and you hit the portal to replace the guy who just left. Right. So now you have to do, I think, damage control in yep. terms of the PR aspect of crisis communication of trying to contain and keep this said player. Those two players that I kind of immediately come to mind are CJ Gunn and Caleb Banks. Both yep. those guys got minutes early in the season, but as the season went on, they were kind of like hit or miss in terms of when they would get their minutes. Yep. When you look at Indiana, you could possibly be losing Jayla Huchifino. Yes, you're bringing in Gabe Cups, and you are, you are hopeful that you can have Xavier Johnson come back, but you kind of need another guard to complement Trey Galloway that can score right. and take the load off of him on the defensive end because yes. he exerts so much energy on that side of the floor that I think he passes up open shots because of having to exert so much energy on that side. You're talking about Xavier Johnson. I'm talking about Trey Galloway. Yeah. Okay. Well, I I think I think Xavier Johnson is anything, but I think it's a good point where somebody has to be able to supplement some of the effort that Trey Galloway makes on uh, out there, and and he probably does pass up a lot of shots. It's a good point. We're gonna take a quick break. We come back. I want to get Dane's thoughts since the last time we'll see him this week. For the second chance, if you will, the Sweet 16 bracket. Where Want you me back on? Call Senator Todd Meyer. <laughs> Place the phone call there, but don't <laughs> don't don't end up. I'll give you his number Todd at the Young's end of the office, show. Otherwise, you're going to be very confused. And so we'll <laughs> we're going to take a quick break. We'll get Dane's prediction for Sweet 16 and Elite Eight, who's punching their tickets to the Final Four, plus some bets from myself and maybe Eddie. Haven't asked him yet. We'll see if he has any. We come back on the fan. Fan midday show. Jimmy Cook, Dane Fife, Eddie Garrison. Thanks for hanging with us here on Tuesday. Before we get into Dane's selections for the Sweet 16 and Elite 8 games take place this weekend, saying out some bets for tonight, shall we? The Jay Cook Plays of the Day. This is me, all right? I'm not a athlete. This is my way. This is how I win. Today's Plays of the Day going to take the Cleveland Cavaliers. Laying a lot of juice to do it, but I'm going to do it on the money line against the Brooklyn Nets on the road. That's minus 170. Then I'm going to scoop five for the Sacramento Kings against the Boston Celtics. That in Sacramento. And a little World Baseball Classic. Let's ride with Team USA to get the job done against Japan. That on the money line as well. Minus 140 odds. If you were to parlay it, I'm not going to, but if you were, plus 431 juice there. Eddie, any bets in the NBA in the World Baseball Classic in the NIT, anywhere. In the NIT, nice. Uh, Donovan Mitchell in that Brooklyn game. I like the under 26 and a half. I like uh, the defensive prowess of Mikhail Bridges to contain Donovan Mitchell. You know, his length can bother him uh, when it comes to shooting the three, not being able to shoot over top of him. And I think the length can also create problems for Mitchell in terms of efficiency uh, and getting into the mid-range. And then you add in Cam Johnson, who's got some length in there too. I like the under 26 and a half. That's minus 115. Uh, And you say you were taking Team USA? I am going to take Team USA. I'll be honest. I watched... The back end of Japan Mexico last night. Outside of that, I did say Mexico. Why did you say Mexico? I did. I've watched both of those, but I did not watch the entirety of the tournament outside of highlights. 
So I'm really just supporting the country. I know Trey Turner's had some. I wanted to throw a little flavor today. What's do you the always problem? say that? No, no, I don't. Mexico. No, I don't. I do have something in there. It's worth the sprinkle here. I'll take the over ten and a half. Both these teams have been able to score uh, religiously. You know, Team USA just put twelve up in their last game, right. and the offense is clicking. Neither team has really great pitching outside of. Uh, Otani for Japan. So that would be the only concern early for USA is their offense gets down if they are facing Otani, but I don't like the bullpen after that. He's only going to pitch about 50 pitches. Good for three innings there. Yeah. Wish I could do a player prop better, too, in the World Baseball Classic. DraftKings not showing it to me. I'd like to just sprinkle something on Trey Turner for a home run. Should that be decent odds? Home run odds are going to be... Would you like the odds on that one? Oh, you have it? Plus 350. Ooh, okay. Yeah, let's let's roll with that. Same here. I go Trey Turner. Sweet 16, Elite Eight this weekend. This is unfortunately the last time we're going to see you this week, so I want to get your This course, last time Journey is together. That's tough. Journey. Let's band breakups. They'll get you some Band and beach volleyball. You have the bracket next to you? Yep. Uh, I guess off the bat, who is your favorite pick of the bunch that you're like, I'm most confident Team X is going to go to the Elite Eight first. We'll start there. Can I guess? I mean, I, I set him up knowing what I think he's going to say, but perhaps he'll surprise us. You want to guess? Texas. No. Ooh. Although I have Texas winning it all. I like Florida Atlantic. <laughs> yeah, Tennessee, minus five and a half. I like Florida Atlantic doing their job. Outright. Get it done. I didn't say that. You threw the... F- oh, okay. All right. You threw the five and a half there. I, I- yeah. I like Ford Atlantic. To doing, cover. Doing the cover. Okay. Pulling the covers up. I like Sparty winning. <laughs> Sparty's minus two and a half. I like Sparty winning. I just think that Sparty's got it figured out. They'll do what Sparty does. Winning. <laughs> I think Alabama beats San Diego State. I believe that Texas beats Houston. And I believe that the Zags make it out of the West bracket. So I've got Alabama, I've got Sparty, I've got Texas, and i got the Zags in the Final Four with Texas winning it all over the University of Alabama. I really wish UCLA was at full strength. I understand that you know that's the nature of the beast, yeah. but to get yeah. another great chapter amongst these two programs, not, not even talking about the, the UCLA, like Adam Morrison days, I'm talking about the fact that they obviously meet up here um, – in one of the more iconic games the last couple of years, oh, when Jalen Suggs knocks yes, in the back of exactly. the buzzer beater uh, to beat UCLA, him, yep. like I, I wish it was full strength. That being said, a two versus three with those two programs, I, I'm fascinated by that matchup as a whole. Drew Timmy is is on a mission. He is, but he's an unbelievable personality. We recruited him at Michigan State. Yeah, um, he's a enigmatic young man. A he, he fits the Gonzaga mold perfectly. He's right out of the Adam Mor- uh what's his name? Adam Morrison? Yeah. Right out of that mold. Yep. Uh, I think he's shaved his mustache. I wish he'd grow that back. That makes him look even more enigmatic. Uh, but Drew Timmy's going to be one of the personalities of this tournament that, that people will remember. Nobody, obviously nobody. I preface this so you don't jump down my throat with yeah, this. He says no, he's, nobody's he's, reputation precedes ones better for March than Tom Izzo. I'm not saying that this next no. name belongs in that. But another mistake I made betting-wise this weekend – was I, I bet against the must bus. I did. I bet against Arkansas. I live bet Kansas in that game. It was foolish of me. I should not have done it. D- and and I apologize. I, you just threw your bracket at me. 
do you have the must bus ending against UConn, or do you like Arkansas That's great in that question. Sweet 16 I matchup? That. I do like Arkansas. Um, I do like Arkansas uh, beating UConn, and then uh, eventually losing to um, the Zags. Is that the way? Yeah, yeah. That's uh, how it work out. What's the deal with him taking his shirt off? Am I missing something there? Like, does he think he looks good? I'm. He couldn't even make this beach volleyball team. You know? I feel like he could take a spot. I'll, if anyone no. say it, he could take my spot. No, he could take my spot. No, he doesn't have the size that you have, Jimmy. Somebody look up how tall Eric Musselman is. I gotta imagine he's, he's like four foot seven. I mean, him and Izzo, <laughs> him and Izzo probably couldn't couldn't touch the net in their primes. Yeah, Which doesn't matter. Short size, it matters when it comes to beach volleyball, Jimmy. I'm not taking Eric uh, Musselman. Appreciate over that, you coach. That's, that. that's, that's the boost and I need to I get sh- through the day. I just uh, keep your shirt on, man. Yeah, I mean, I I must I feel be, like he's done that before. Yeah, I must Eddie, be am I wrong something. on that? Like he he's done it. He before. did it during the COVID year, didn't he? I thought so. Okay, so but why? It was like to sell. It was like the first. Sweet 16 appearance in X amount of years, I think. You're the only one that could tap into that. What's the craziest thing you've done as a coach celebration-wise? Like a, like a Legal. Phil Mickelson yeah, thank you. double fist, like low fist pump, may I? No hype, nothing? I mean, obviously, not. I might there's throw a fine up line. a fist pump, there's but a I'm fine not line taking my shirt off. There's a fine line between taking the shirt off and a, a Jay Wright walk-by, no reaction yeah. handshake. I mean, I'd get booed for taking my shirt off. That's not something you want to do when you're trying to celebrate, get booed. I mean, by my own fans. It's a fan base that. But but it, it tracks. Like I, it, it, I think it, he's. In, to me, he's insulting the <laughs> Arkansas fan base by saying, "You, you, you, you folks enjoy this, so I'm going to do it. Like I'm going to stoop this low to give you some joy. Take my shirt off. I don't get it." So, final four for you, one more time. The Crimson Zags, Tide, Alabama, the Spartans. The Longhorns and the Zags of Drew Timmy's Gonzaga. I still have three Final Four teams left. It's Alabama, it's Houston, it's UConn. Sleeper, do not sleep on Florida Atlantic. So you are sprinkling, perhaps, if someone wants to take the leap. You're not advising it, but if someone wants to go money line on the Owls, you wouldn't be mad at somebody if they went that route. I would not be mad at them. I do think they'll cover but I, I I don't know if they'll be good enough to win. Um, they can get pretty thin up front once uh, once uh, you know at the four or five spot. And Tennessee, I feel like, is going to make it a a rugby match, and there's going to be a lot of fouls. It's been a heck of a show today. Don Fisher joined us earlier, as did Mike Chappell. Uh, my favorite conversation of the day, I think you would agree as well. Landon Turner, I mean, I know, you know he really hyped you up was your hype man to that's start. That's my but, hype man. But, uh, God, he made me feel good. Man. Well, well, with his perspective in general, I mean, it's as, as fun of a, regardless of the day, as fun of a conversation you can He have. has the ability to cheer anybody up. No doubt. No Even doubt somebody that. as gloomy as, well, maybe you, Jimmy. I, I've, I've been carrying uh, doom and gloom. Uh, no, you've been excellent. You're always excellent. As, as of you, Coach. It's been a pleasure to I, I met Eddie. have the band together the last so couple sweet. of days. <laughs> so sweet. Eddie Alex, was quiet over there today. He was, Eddie, but he's locked in, though. When, when, when you know Eddie's quiet, it's because he's dialed in. the okay, work plate is full. He's ready to finish the day strong. We appreciate Eddie's work as well. Alex Golden, nice enough to join us at 2 o'clock. Get the full perspective on the Pacers. I asked him this question. I'll close with it with you as well, you look at these final seven games, are you pulling for anything from them? 
And if so, where do you want to see the year close, regardless if it's a play-in berth or not? I'm not too keen on the, the play-in game or not. Uh, what I want to see is the Indiana, Indiana Pacers close on a positive note. I want to see them close healthy. Yeah. I want to see them close with the playing group that they have with signs of improvement, giving people hope, and everybody ending on a great note, drama-free and healthy. I couldn't agree more. I mean, I I've obviously I've mentioned the ping pong balls, but you're at a point in the season now where it, the wiggle room, you're not going to be gaining that much regardless of how these final seven games go, barring, unless I'm wrong on this, a, a seven-game losing streak and, and somebody else gets hot the other way, right? Correct. Dane, you going to any of the IHSA Boys State Finals? No, I'm not. I haven't been offered a good ticket yet. I'm thinking about going to New York City to watch those Michigan State Spartans. It's awesome. Send us picks if you do, please. Uh, and I let us live vicariously through you. I of the basketball game, there. what's that? Picks of the basketball game only. That's that's important clarification with how today's show has yeah. <laughs> gone at time. Yes, it's yeah. Dane Fife. I am Jimmy Cook. Again, special thanks Don Fisher, Mike Chapel, Landon Turner, and Alex Golden. Back in here tomorrow. Greg Regstraw will take us through the day. But to keep it right here on the fan. The ride with JMV is next. Johnny.